This year is the fifth annual Philadelphia Podcast Festival, and I could not be happier to be bringing Everything Is Awesome back for the second year in a row. That's right, Everything Is Awesome Late Night comes back to the Philadelphia Podcast Fest at Tattooed Moms on Sunday, July 16th from 2 to 3 p.m., and it's going to be so much fun. We have Noah Houlihan on hand to talk about Plus Two Comedy, Game the Gamer. We have Brian Durkin to bring the funny. He's going to tell some jokes. We're going to talk podcasting, full belly laughs, and much, much more. Mike and I will be on hand to talk many things, play games. It's going to be just so much fun. Make sure you make your way out to the 5th Annual Philadelphia Podcast Festival, especially from 2 to 3 at Tattooed Moms, so you can see Everything is Awesome Late Night Live. Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows, like TV Ain't My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin Friends, and Podstalgic at CourtsandParts.com. Hey, super friends, it's your host, Kev. Uh, cutting in before the actual start of the show, uh, just because I wanted to get a couple things out. Um, this episode here, episode 75, you know how I am with numbers. Episode 25 and 50, we had Batman, um, the one-year special. We did a whole Potiversary uh, show at Tattooed Mom with four other great podcasts. Uh, this is episode 75, um, and originally uh, I was going to try to uh, interview a, a great character that I love uh, from a great thing that I love. Um, but the it just didn't work out. Uh, so maybe next time, maybe another time. Uh, but for, you know, just a couple days ago, um, what, July 1st was the 10-year anniversary of when I started uh Podcasting, at least when my first podcast was published. I probably honestly started recording podcasts sometime in June, but the first um, published podcast uh, was July 1st of 2007. And I, um, I wanted to record a 10 year special, and that's what this is. Um, that's why it's over two hours long. I don't think it's the longest podcast uh, we've done, but uh, it, it's up there with everything is awesome. It, it is up there with the, the lengthwise. Uh, so, you know, it's, and it's just a, a great candid conversation about the history of podcasting because, and I don't think about this that often, but I, I've been there since nearly the beginning. This medium is about 11 years old. Um, I think sometime in 2006 is when the term podcast was coined. Uh, before that, there were webcasts, and I think primarily just radio stations put some clips up, um, segments up, and called them webcasts. And then eventually the, the term podcast was coined, and we got um, you know these great, unique personalities, some of them, you know, celebrities, some of them not, um, and, and here we are today to where it is just a great little playground of um, creative people. And so, so this conversation is kind of like not only um, a history of, of me as a podcaster, but this episode is uh, a history of podcasting and, and um, a story of trying to figure it all out because no one knew what a podcast was. It, and, and you know, I would say what I do now is definitely a podcast, but what I did 10 years ago is, is a lot um, closer to a radio show, uh, you know. Uh, you know, I mentioned it during the, the, the episode, um, 
with, with our guests this week is that um, we modeled ourselves over a local, a local show here in Philly, Matt and Huggy. Um, they had a pretty good, solid two-hour format, and we thought that w- that's probably what worked best for us, and, and that's kind of what we went with. And and eventually, um, over the years, I I started um, as I started other podcasts. They were a little bit more podcast centric, but still had that little radio uh, kind of feel to it, and um, and whatnot. So so. Like I said, uh, I'm, I'm babbling now. I'm sorry. Uh, you have two hours to, to listen to, to the history of this. Um, I also want to give a shout out uh, to. I'm not going to name people specifically, uh, but because you'll you'll hear them throughout the show. You're, you're actually after you hear this, uh, you'll hear the the 10 year intro special that I created, and then it's going to kick off with a couple voicemails that some uh, some people from my my podcasting history were kind enough to to leave, uh, to say some words about me being in this business, uh, or whatever you want to call it for the last 10 years. Uh, so uh, thank you to everybody who was able to call in. I, and the people that, that I wanted to call in and, and didn't, uh, totally not their fault. I, I let them know about a day before I started editing that I, uh, that I wanted it in here. Uh, and everyone said they would do their best. Uh, or some of them just got the message a day or two late. So I totally get that they, you know, why they didn't get it to me. That, that was my fault. I dropped the ball uh, at the 20-year special. Maybe we'll get some uh, cats to do it. But, uh, yeah, so, so thank you to them, guys. Uh, thank you to my guests, uh, who you will hear in just a couple minutes here. Um, and more importantly, uh, or maybe not more importantly, it's probably equally important. Uh, thank you to you guys who, whether you've followed me from the beginning, whether you've been a, a, um, you know, a steel tip fan and, and, and now a, a, a nerdy Kev fan, um, for the last 10 years and you followed me from happy hour with steel tip to creep cast to happy hour to, to stab cast and, and to finally to hear. Thank you. Whether you're a brand new listener, whether this is your first ever episode of everything is awesome, which this is a weird one to hop into, but get you caught up on who I am. Uh, thank you all for, for being wonderful listeners, for supporting us the way you do, uh, by just listening, uh, each and every month we, um, we, we see better numbers, uh, than the month before. And, um, and I'm not a numbers guy, but that's, that's good. That's, that's a great thing. And, um, I, I'm just so happy, uh, to be doing this, uh, this, this podcast, um, so happy to be in podcasting and so happy that after 10 years of doing it, and, and honestly, I mean, it was at about the eight or nine year mark, um, is when I discovered the fact that podcasting was really no longer, um, like you need to be in the know kind of community. Uh, it, it, it was a thing where you could find other podcasters and have meetups. You could have, um, festivals, something that I, you know, this, the, uh, this, this, uh, uh, in about a week or two, uh, the last two weekends of, of July is the fifth annual Philadelphia podcast fest. And I 
dreamt of something like this six years ago. I remember having a conversation with Santoro from the Stabcast and saying, we should, you know, there's a, they're doing the second year of VidCon uh, out in LA and like, that's cool, but like podcasting is, is, you know, it's up there. It's getting popular. There's more and more podcasts. There's lots of podcasts. There should be a PodCon of some sort. And I don't know if LA or if New York uh, or Chicago had had their podcast fest up and running yet. Um, I probably should know that because I have been looking at them more and more recently. But um, six years ago, I, I wanted to start something like a festival um, or a convention or something like that. And uh, Nate and Tegan beat me to it. But it's it's wonderful that, he, you, you know, um, six years from that moment, you know, or five years ago or, or just now, you know, uh, last year was my first Philadelphia podcast fest. And it was an amazing experience to see 30 plus podcasters come together to put on their brands in front of a live audience. What was even more wonderful, and yes, the live audiences that were there were probably um, a mixture of friends and family of those podcasters, but there were also people there uh, who, who stayed for other shows. There were people there who just um, heard about the festival because of advertising and wanted to pop in. And there were people there who happened to walk into Tattooed Mom or Amalgam Comics, and they're like, oh, there's a, what's this going on, a podcast fest? Let me check this out. So it's just a testament to podcasting today. And, you know, it's, um, there's some arguments, I think, as to what the podcasting city is. Um, James D'Amato thinks Chicago. I think other people think it's LA. Other people think it's New York. And I, of course, think it's Philly. I, I mean, the fifth annual Philadelphia Podcast Festival has over 60 shows at this point. And, and, and I get that the, like, it's, to me, it's a big deal that we're bringing in, um, uh, bigger name podcasts from other areas. Uh, and it, it breaks the mold of what the Philadelphia podcast fest has been in the past celebrating local podcasting, but I don't, I don't necessarily believe you need to be a local podcaster to, 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 um, partake in this festival and, and, and help celebrate podcasts and help celebrate podcasts in Philadelphia specifically. Uh, you can be out, you know, outside of the area, you know, you can be in LA, whatever. Um, it's, that's more the mold of New York and LA. And I think even Chicago, that like those three festivals usually are just, um, you know, quote unquote, big name podcasts, um, that have some sort of celebrity power behind it. Uh, and there's, I, I don't notice many of the quote unquote little guys out there. And maybe I just, it's because I don't know who the little guys are in those cities. Uh, so it's, it's, what I'm trying to say is, you know, Philadelphia podcast fest is unique. It is mostly free, um, which is, is a unique thing when it comes to, uh, all these festivals in, in, you know, Chicago, DC, New York, and, and LA. Uh, obviously the, the bigger name acts are at venues that, uh, require a cost and you need to buy tickets and whatnot. But, um, and that's great. I mean, that's well-deserved. They've, uh, spent a life trying to cultivate that kind of career for themselves. Uh, and, and I, it's, it's, um, what I enjoy is that the festival itself is largely free, um, because this medium is a free medium. It costs us uh, as a podcaster shitload of money 
but um, it's free for nothing for, for you guys, uh, you know, and uh, I love that we have Tattooed Mom and Amalgam Comics and Coffee House and Kitchen Table Gallery and Bridge Set Sound um, and, uh, and, and all these other places that are offering up their venues for free for the festival. It is an amazing thing, and I think it's great that for the fifth year we were able to get um, shows like uh, We Got This with Mark and Hal, uh, Flophouse, uh, Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, uh, and A Bunt Call Your Girlfriend, I believe, is another one. All these, um, quote-unquote, um, non-Philadelphia acts, we'll say. So I, that's not really a quote. They're, they're not local necessarily to here. Uh, I think it's great that we brought them in um, to help expose the festival and also to offer um, just another option to you. Because, you know, not every... And I mean, obviously you guys are fans if you're listening to this, but not everyone wants to sit around and listen to me uh, be dopey on on a live stage because I, who am I? Who am I? Uh, God damn, I'm a national treasure. That's who I am. That's right. That nerdy Kev is a national treasure. Uh, anyway, I, I've taken up a, a lot of your time. This was supposed to be a quick little pre-intro to say... Um, explain why this episode 75 is the 10 year special airing a couple days after, uh, the actual 10 year, 10 year anniversary. Uh, and also to say thank you to you, to all the co-hosts I've ever had in the last 10 years, you know, Jay Jonesy, um, Santoro, uh, C Rob, Tom, Aaron, uh, Mike, of course, G-Fab, Big O, Garrett, and Matthew and Nicholas, and JV, and uh, Dan Kurtz, uh, God, so, so many um, important people, and I, I know I've probably left some people off, so I apologize, because I'm just rambling as I drive here, uh, just spouting whatever's off my brain. Uh, so thank you to all my co-hosts, uh, those that I named, those that I forgot, I apologize. Thank you all for, for being part of this journey with me over the last 10 years. Thank you to all the people who I've met and have maintained relationships over the last 10 years. And especially with this ride that I call Everything is Awesome. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's been a special ride. It's, it's been amazing. It's been a very creatively fulfilling um, project that I've done. And, um, I just want to thank you to all the people who, um, f who I've met through this, you know, Nate, Tegan, uh, all the Philly podcasters and, um, and, and all the great guests I've talked to, uh, over the last 75 plus episodes with all my bonus episodes and whatnot. So, um, thank you all. It's, uh, been an amazing 10 years. I can't wait for the next 10. Um, it's, it's, uh, thank you. Thank you all. Uh, we will, uh, I'm not going to be back after this to close anything up. So, um, the next episode you'll hear, uh, will be my interview with Hal Lublin from the, we got this with Mark and Hal podcast. He's a, um, he, he's a Philadelphia native, uh, Monco native, so very excited for that conversation. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. And of course, make sure you check out the Philadelphia Podcast Festival, July 14th through the 23rd on those weekends. Uh, and you find everything is awesome, specifically on July 16th at Tattooed Mom from 2 to 3 p.m. However, I will be at Tattooed Mom all day 
on uh, on July 15th and July 16th, um, helping run things. So if you want to come and have an unofficial super friend uh, hangout, please do. I want to meet some of you guys um, and uh, just come up and say hi, uh, and uh, it'll be a good time. All right. Uh, here- Again, I've babbled now way too long, so let's just get to the, the, the next two hours of your life, and that's uh, listening to uh, basically the history of podcasting over the last 10 years, and also the history of my personal podcast journey right here on AwesomePodcast.com. Awesome! Oh, what is the malted liquor? What gets you drunk or quicker? What comes in bottles or in cans? Beer! In a world where radio's dead, this show is better than head. Oh yeah, listen to what I said. Listen to Steel Tip and Jay. Awesome. Awesome. Just tell people they're awesome and mean it. I'm sick of smiling. Are you ready? You're listening You're to. You're listening ha- to. You're listening to Happy Hour. You're listening to Creep Hey, think you could tell us what to do? You think you could tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. To the masters Break it down What the fuck is the internet? The internet is a communications tool Used the world over where people can come together To bitch about movies and share pornography with one another With your host, Steel Tip The sexy beast is back, baby! You're listening to Happy Hour A peanut walks into a bar, right? Uh Uh-huh And he's assaulted and he's assaulted. <laughs> it took a second to register. Like, what's that, you freaking moron? That's a, that's a white people joke. This is Mike from Tullest here, one of Kev's longtime co-hosts. Uh, I've been through many train wrecks with Kev, so uh, it's pretty inspirational to see him rise so high. Ten years, buddy. I'm proud of you. Hey, it's Shannon Cole from the Shannon Cole Band. I can't believe it's been ten years. This is absolutely insane. I can't believe that I also let you be in my life for ten years. That's even more insane and disappointing. Well, congratulations on the ten-year mark. You're probably not going to do much more after this, but um, good for you, though. Anyway, thank you so much for getting me involved, and thank you so much for the awesome memories and the great conversations and all the inappropriate jokes. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next 10 years. Have an awesome, awesome show. 
Rock on. Bye. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And this week's episode is a very special episode. Uh, today we are celebrating 10 years of podcasting. Uh, July 1st, 2007, the very first podcast I hosted, Happy Hour Steel Tip, went up live. Uh, and so I decided to pull as many people from that show together as I legally was allowed to. So uh, please welcome to uh, the show this week, Santoro. Couple things happening here. <laughs> First of all, right out of the gate, like you're super excited. Like we, we were having a normal conversation. Yes. I'm like, hey man, I'm telling you how somebody owes me like seven thousand dollars, <laughs> which like, is yeah. like a serious conversation. I'm like I'm a little bummed out, you know, like. Literally, it was the only client I worked for last month, and you know they owe me seven grand. So you know I don't know what I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> Secondly, I want to apologize uh, to everyone. Apparently, I'm responsible for this ten years of podcasting. <laughs> yep. So I don't know how many people have listened to you over the last ten years, but I apologize to a solid seven. <laughs> There's going to seven. There's seven people are going to file a class action lawsuit against me. It is yes. Uh, Santoro is uh, the reason that I've been podcasting for ten years, um, and it's it it's it all started because I broke my ankle from wrestling, so like I had nothing to do. Right, and apparently I knew you from those wrestling days. We were <laughs> yeah, we were well yeah, because you were you were running sound for our, uh, FTW Falls Township Wrestling. Yeah, so anyone that ever went out to a FTW show, I apologize. <laughs> that was the reason that uh, you could hear theme music. <laughs> were you? Did you? Uh, were you in charge of the mics too, or just the theme music? I think you guys supplied your own microphones. Maybe I, I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, it, that is literally like I remember. What's the fourth wall called? In wrestling, like, There's like babe? Yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently, like, because you know, you guys would give me a run of show, play Steel Tips intro, play opponents intro, Steel Tip wins, <laughs> and I was just like post that in the middle of wherever I was. <laughs> well, that was usually just like the backs. Like, I don't think anyone, the general public, ever had access. I think I was outside for like one show, then oh. you guys moved me backstage after that. There was. Oh, and actually outside, we did an outdoor show. I don't know if you were involved with yeah, that. that. Yeah, that that was, uh, I think that's the one where uh, Jay, who is who is in this 10 years of podcasting, he, he started Happy Hour Steel Tip. Oh, is he here with us today? No, he's not here with us oh. today. <laughs> no. okay. uh, like I said, legally allowed. Uh, is he running late? <laughs> yeah, he's running late. Um, but uh, that was like, that, the show, that outdoor show is where he, uh, he, juiced for the first time and that's that's wrestling terminology for taking a blade to his forehead and he cut way too deep way too long had to go to the hospital good times oh okay i thought uh <laughs> i thought Ju i thought he was on steroids i guess that's common in wrestling though correct yeah, yeah. substance uh it is now i think oh, but okay. yeah, 10 10 15 years ago it wasn't you know i know we're getting way off topic here yeah. but you know, banned substance. Like I think in baseball, I think you should be allowed like creatine and steroids. Like it's cool watching some guy hit hit the ball five hundred and fifty feet. Like that's cool. I I feel like we've had this discussion like in in stabcasting. Ten years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the last ten when years. was Mark McGuire a thing? That's when we had this. Like yeah, cool. Yeah, like it was it's, cool watching him hit the ball. I don't. You know, as long as it's not like if everyone's able to do it, then it should be allowed. Yeah, anyone should be able to take steroids. They should get. Here's what they should do. The uh, 
the pitchers should take steroids and be able to grease their fingers. And then the batters should be females that are on steroids. <laughs> That's the game I'd watch. That's interesting. Maybe the pitcher shouldn't have an advantage then. Just females on steroids. There you go. Batting. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe that could be. Who am I kidding? Women can't do things <laughs> like that. Uh, that could be a uh, sequel a, a, or a trilogy. The third film in the um, uh, Major League Baseball. What, what was the film? Little League? Little Women? What was the movie with women that played baseball? No Crying in Baseball. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that movie Well, was. that was a true story. That was when women had to play during the World War oh, because I... the men were fighting for our country doing actual stuff yeah but women wanted to feel useful you just turned that into a a uh, a longer story i it's funny that's that actual story about that movie i just it came up in conversation with a, a buddy of mine garrett who will probably also come up in a conversation later today but his aunt was one of those like one of the characters in the movie are based off of her oh that's cool it's yeah i i just found that out and she passed away so r.i.p uh but uh yeah that's nuts that's nuts that uh tom hanks was in that movie tom hanks is not in bad movies now sully was i didn't like the movie i felt did you see the film no i did not see sully well i felt that um they were clint eastwood tom hanks i felt that they were stretching stretching the movie it would have been perfect for a made for tv movie oh yeah it was about that long okay but they had to make it a feature length and it was just like so it was too much fluff so long yeah i mean Tom Hanks was great in it. The the guy that played his co-pilot, which you know his name escapes me, he was great. Um, I ended up going out with on, on a date with some girl that works in the airline industry in Philadelphia, and Sully Sully and the co-captain flew for her airline, mm-hmm. so she saw them all the time. Oh wow! Like she personally knew them, and she validated a lot of the stuff in the movie. Like there's flight when they're crashing. The flight attendants like keep repeating something like arms up, you know, whatever. They keep in cadence. They kept repeating something. And she's like, being in the industry, that's crazy to listen to because that's exactly how it should be. But she knew Sully and, you know, in the movie, um, it's him and a co-pilot. And in airlines, you fly three three trips in your leg or three legs in your trip. Okay. So it'd be like Philadelphia to Dallas would be leg one. Dallas to Florida would be like two. Florida to Philadelphia would be like three. Okay. And the way it goes by FAA regulations, the pilot flies the first one, the co-pilot flies the second, then the pilot flies the third again. Oh, interesting. That way they can get like sleep and whatnot. But in the case of an emergency, the pilot takes over. So the co-pilot's actually flying the leg of the trip when they hit the birds. And then in the movie, you hear Solly say, you know, the co-pilot says, oh, we've had a problem here. Sully immediately, my plane, and then he takes the controls. And that's something like you don't notice unless you're in the industry. That's so crazy. It makes me, that makes me want to watch the film more. It's pretty cool just because it's accurate. I felt it was a little too long, though, but Tom Hanks is great. Um, I love Tom Hanks. Do you want to ro- roll your intro again? Because I feel we've gotten off topic. Here's my made up voice. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So uh, to, to bring it back in, yes. Ten years. Ten years of Ten podcast. years of Tom Hanks. Toy Story, that was 20 years ago, though, wasn't it? Was that 20 years ago? Yeah, because my son, I have a five-year-old, and uh, my son is hugely, well, last year, he was hugely into Toy Story stuff. One, two, three, I can't tell you how many times we've seen each one. I'm like, wow, you know what? This is like 20-plus years, and Toy Story 4 is coming out, and he's mad because he he was psyched up for it last year when they announced it. I'm like, okay, buddy, like, we'll probably see it in like a year, you know? 
pushed it back, pushed it back, pushed it back. It's coming out two years. As of two days ago, it will be two years that it's coming out. Oh, wow. But because Pixar, I read up all, all kinds of Pixar stuff because he was in the Toy Story. Pixar uh, doesn't want to make sequels to their movies. They feel that when they tell, tell a story, it's done. It's told. But being that Disney bought Pixar, say, sequels are a huge <laughs> Disney thing, as we all know. I was going to say, there's three. They just released Cars 3. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Toy Story is their flagship. That was the first fully animated computer movie. Yeah. And Pixar, the Pixar computers are incredible. If you look at their movies and their technology, uh, they're just so far ahead of the game. So they want to make sure Toy Story 4 is by far the best movie ever because it's their flagship. I will, and that's the one thing about Pixar that they're uh, – I've only really seen the Toy Story movies. Maybe I've seen some other ones, but Toy Story, no matter what, every single one of them that they put out is great. Yeah. Unlike – like I've heard Cars 2 is not great. Cars 2 sucks. Um, but what they do is every time they release a movie, they want to showcase a new talent. Yeah, yeah. The reason Andy doesn't have a dad in Toy Story is realistically – they couldn't get the hairs on the human body to move the way they wanted. So if you see Andy's mom in the movie, she has a ponytail. Yeah. And it's stationary. She moves her head, and the ponytail moves with it. Oh. So then their next movie was Monsters Incorporated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solly has over a million furs on his body that all move independently of each other. So they wanted they couldn't get the hair right in Toy Story. Oh, that's nice. So they wanted to focus on the hair and monsters. Cars, they wanted to focus on reflections. Isn't it, cars. isn't it crazy when you become a parent, oh, what yeah. rabbit holes you go down, <laughs> like what you find fascinating? Oh, I know. It is fascinating. <laughs> we went to the Pixar exhibit at the Franklin Institute. That's how I know all this stuff. That uh, We did not catch that. but it, um, it takes, there's one scene in Toy Story, one minute worth of screen time. It took the Pixar computer. Which is sixteen hundred computers in a room. Jesus Christ! It took that one. It took that computer forty-two hours to render one minute of Toy Story. Holy crap! Yeah. Wow. But now, like, I can just even my son notices. Like when we see another animated film, he's like, "Oh, this isn't a Pixar movie." <laughs> he just knows by looking at the quality of the film. That's funny. Well, which still isn't bad, but it's like it's not Pixar. Oh, this isn't Pixar. It's. I I'm mean, walking that's... out of this. That, this story subpar. <laughs> they've built their brand, and they know, and and you know, it's uh, for us. It was like two D animation, yeah. And, and kids now are so I, it's like a mix of three D animation and live action is what they're into. Yeah, like it's my son um, who is also five. He's like he started wanting to watch live action TV, like hmm. not adult stuff, like Disney Channel. Like there's. Like the Y7 rating stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, he's starting to watch that stuff. And, like, we were – when we went to Disney World this year, mm -hmm. um, there's no – we didn't have, like – you know, we weren't we, – we cut out Netflix and all. It's like, we're just going to watch what's on TV. We're not going to go on our phones and watch anything. Right. So it's, like, some, like, live-action show on Disney Channel about a girl whose sister is actually her mom – uh it's it, it's it I, it sucks me in too for, okay but i don't I didn't watch catch it. that one yet yeah I, I don't watch it like i don't seek it out but like he was like i want to watch this dad i'm like okay but yeah he loves all that live action stuff yeah. now which is just weird but it makes me hopeful for another year or two when i actually can take him to the movies and see like 
comic book movies or Star Wars and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, where yeah. I can see the movies I want to see, right? And not none of this non like Captain Baby Underpants or whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> Captain. I, I I'm unfamiliar with that film, but my son keeps saying Captain Underpants. So I guess it's a thing now that you validated it. Yeah, it's a movie. Is that from Lego Batman or is that an actual? <laughs> Uh, no, it's. I got so lost watching Lego. I'm like, none of this follows the uh, universe. Oh, but I loved it. It was such. <laughs> it was. It was a fun, movie, was though, a fun yeah. movie. That I did take try to see that. That was so much fun. Uh, a, it's Batman, and B, right. it was just. I don't know. A lot of fun. Yeah, well, it was fun. I'll give them that. Um, all right, so I guess to uh, bring it back into ten years, ten years of podcasting. Toy Story Two had just come out. <laughs> I, is I, I'm really blown. My mind's blown that Toy Story's been out for twenty years. Yeah, twenty. That's. Uh, Can I give you a quick fact? Because yeah. the last ten years, the iPod is about ten years old now. Yeah. And um, Steve Jobs, rest in peace. Um, He's dead. I can yes, say that. That's true. There's little known fact. He did not make his fortune on Apple. Apple almost went bankrupt and out of business. He was on the board of Pixar yeah. and made all his fortune when Disney bought Pixar. Yeah, uh, which is not that's, to, to, like to see where Apple is today, or even oh yeah, a couple of years ago when when Jobs was still alive. Like it, it to think that there was a time where that company was going to go bankrupt yeah. is crazy because it, it it changed the way we talk on phones and the way we yeah we've always talked about this several times over the last 10 years of podcasting apple doesn't make the best product by any means but they have the best marketing yes totally yeah and i i mean i've gone like i used to be an android person i i, went, I like the nice thing apple does is they keep it simple yeah, they keep it real simple. But I'm not like a I'm not a sheep. Like there's like the the Apple sheeps. That the seven like, and eight. It's the same thing. I better buy it. <laughs> yeah. Like I have I have a six. I think right. so. I'm sure by the time I buy a phone, it will be the nine, you know, or eight C or S or whatever they call it. Yeah. Because I I only I try to buy phones when I need to. AKA I dropped it and the screen broke. Right. Uh, that's where Apple gets gets you. I almost bought a new phone two nights ago. I um. We were talking about this before you started recording, rah, 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 before all that happened. Um, I told you I ended up rooting an Android the other day for the first time, out of necessity, because I was trying to make something work. And then I'm like, ah, oh, that was pretty easy to do. Let me try to root my Galaxy S7 with the Knox encryption on it. Well, long story short, uh, I got stuck in a boot loop <laughs> on my phone. And uh, four hours later... I was a. I found like the original firmware. I was able to flash the original firmware back. I had to delete all my stuff though. I've had this phone since the seven came out, so like a year and a half ago. Yeah. I've spent a year and a half like customizing every single aspect uh, of my workflow, yeah. and now I'm like, thankfully everything was in the cloud, so like it automatically like, populates back up. But nothing's customized. Like my font sizes aren't customized. Uh, I lost all the text messages I was saving, all those uh, sex that I was getting from uh, the legal <laughs> girls. Legal, I said. <laughs> I noticed, like, my voice did something right as I said it. <laughs> and when I say legal, I mean, like, 21-year-olds, you know? Uh, I, I feel like that would be a story we touched I lost on. all the good stuff because I don't send my sex to the cloud. I don't yeah, do that. I don't dangerous. want them in the cloud. That's how keep they, them local. Yeah, that's how, uh, you know, J-Law got in trouble. Uh -huh. Not in trouble, but she got outed. Outed? Oh. Yeah. But long story short, don't try to root a phone with superior encryption on there. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um... But it, it, while that was happening, I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm going to have to break down, like, buy a new phone. I, I was, like, so close. It was, like, 1025 at night. 
and I'm on the website. It's like order by 10:30 and get it by 10:30 in the morning. I'm like, oh, I might as well if I'm going to do this, I'm going to buy the S8, which is nine hundred dollars. Oh, because long ten years ago, you know, you get free phones. Yeah, on a two-year contract, we'll give you this phone for free. But now they figured the millennials, which unfortunately we're considered millennials, even though I feel we're above that. Which is, right? Like, yeah. I feel like I'm on the border. because I came of age in the 90s. I feel millennials yeah. are people that came of age in the thousands. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I guess maybe like Gen Xers feel like they came up in the 80s. I thought I was a Gen X. That's, I agree. And yeah. like, I and I feel like, the reason I say I'm on the fence is because like, I'm old enough to remember like some of the 80s and, and the 90s. Yeah. But like, uh you know, I'm young enough to like know the technology and stuff, and then I, and then I'm also old enough to be like scared of like I'm at that age now where like Snapchat scares me. Like I don't know how to use that technology. I thought it was just for porn, but apparently it's not. There's <laughs> no, like, like other stuff you can. They make money somehow. That you there's like Snapchat artists out there. Yeah, that can Snap like me. Yeah, or, like you just call me on the phone. I don't understand. Like it's such a wild, popular social media. I just got comfortable with Twitter, like within the last yeah. year, like to use it as like a, a personality for for everything is awesome. Uh, before that, like I've always been terrible at marketing my shows on, on you yeah. know, I use MySpace for so long. I'm a MySpace. You got to market to millennials. Millennials are putting brick and mortar stores out of business. Restaurants. I just read an article like. Olive Garden CEO says millennials like going to Olive Garden. No, they don't. <laughs> they get their blue. Nobody apron. likes going to Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine Italian food. I'm Italian. No, nothing is authentic that happens in Olive Garden. They have a pretty good breadstick, though. Yeah, the unlimited breadstick. <laughs> Let me tell you about that. Because when you think Italian feast, you think all oh, you can eat bread. You know, you go over, you know, grandma's house as a kid, and she just makes breadsticks. It's well. I mean, I I go for when I go to Olive Garden. It's usually uh, it's usually uh, fettuccine alfredo. Okay. Uh, and unlimited breadsticks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, millennials are just. I don't even know how that came up, but they're just ruining everything. And it's, I, I what I love reading on the internet is like the like the I guess it's. They say it's baby boomers versus uh, millennials, like yeah. what baby boomers blame millennials for, and what millennials blame baby boomers for. And like, as like the guy who I, f I don't feel like I'm definitely not a baby boomer. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I you did not grow up during the war. <laughs> yeah, I identify myself as a Gen Xer, but I guess technically I'm a yeah, I'm a millennial. Millennials, but but I like to like just kind of like sit there and watch those arguments because they're yeah. just hilarious. Uh, and that's kind of what we sound like right now, blaming them for everything. Yeah, I don't even know how that came up, but yeah, they ruined everything. And well, it's yeah, the uh, whatever we were talking about before, just yeah, millennials yeah. are the reason for the downfall. <laughs> They're the whatever reason that, that we're paying nine hundred dollars for a phone. Oh yeah, that's what. It, yeah. <laughs> Millennials, they're okay with, you know, oh, I'll just pay $25 for the next four years. That sounds reasonable. <laughs> no, I'd rather just sign a two-year contract and get the phone for free. Yeah. Like, you know? It makes it easier because, I mean, I guess either way you're paying for that because it's, it's you're, you're paying more for if you sign a two-year contract, if they even offer them anymore. I don't even, I don't even think so because I think, I, like, I wouldn't mind signing the contract because realistically, I'm going to stay with my phone carrier for the next two years. Yeah. You know, yeah. whatever. I, I've been with AT&T for five years now. Yeah. Why, what's going to happen in the next, if I were to sign a contract today, what's going to happen in the next two years that makes me say, I'm leaving AT&T? Yeah, but millennials, they don't mind spending $900 of their parents' money. <laughs> so that's why I'm, like, stuck. I'm like, man, if I can't reflash this phone. Because we all need a phone to live now. Yeah, it's it's not like ten years ago when we started podcasting. Like you called me on at home, 
Yeah. If I didn't pick up the phone, oh, he must be out. That's yeah. like if you call me on the cell phone and I don't pick up, I get a text. Where are you? Yep, it's it's <laughs> cell. I think my the cell phone I had ten years ago, Nokia fifty one sixty, was a flip phone. Yeah, <laughs> two thousand oh, the sixty one sixty. I had. Uh, I don't remember the number. I had a Samsung flip oh, phone. Okay. It was uh, the first color screen in, oh, nice. in, in there, uh, and I was able to, uh, I think I had a camera. It was like, so I was able to take pictures, little grainy pictures with it. Yeah. Um, it's funny, if you watch uh, Spider-Man 3, there's a scene uh, that they lifted it for the trailer of um, uh, some other Sony space movie that came out recently. I, I don't know what right. it was. But they lifted the scene and they edited a couple people out. But they lift this one guy who's front and center. <laughs> and, in, and whenever Spider-Man 3 came out, like, okay, he had a flip phone taking a picture. It made <laughs> sense. But in 2017, he was, I think it was Passenger. Is that the Ryan Reynolds film? Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But no, that was Chris Pratt. I don't know. It was a Ryan Reynolds film and Jake Gyllenhaal. And they went to Mars and they found uh, Oh, and alien. he did his Ryan Reynolds monologue that he does in every single movie. His <laughs> yeah. monitor. Monologue. And and there's in 2017. Here's this guy with his flip phone that they left front and center. I'm like, that's an odd choice to leave in. Yeah, it's a little strange. Um, I mean, man, ten years ago, if you wanted your phone to vibrate when it rang, you had to buy the vibrating battery. <laughs> like that was the thing I had to do. I I uh, I remember that on my old old phones. Um, yeah, it's crazy how technology has changed, even just within the podcasting community. Yeah, which we'll touch on. Yeah, yeah, throughout this so uh, discussion that we're already twenty one minutes into. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I was—it's funny because we started a little later, and I was like, oh, "I'm gonna have to—we're gonna have to trim some time here and there." Uh, so here we are. Oh, delaying. we're going till midnight <laughs> easily. So, but yeah, ten, so ten years ago, and I, I remember I broke my ankle from wrestling. Uh, not, not because of wrestling, I broke it from drinking, uh, but. Yes. I, I uh, and then I guess uh, somehow on social media on MySpace I guess or maybe it was I don't know if I had a Facebook ten years ago no I did because it says Facebook like, was only open to like it, six schools yeah but I think ten because I think I recently got a message saying you've been on Facebook for ten years yeah. so I think like I joined Facebook right after uh, Happy Hour with Steel Tip yeah. was on MySpace it was a big thing when like your school was accepted yeah. to Facebook because parents weren't on it. So it was like just full of like all slutty college girls. Yeah, great. Yeah, and uh, community college Rest was not on it. <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace, slutty Facebook days. Um, but yeah, so somehow so on one of the social medias, MySpace. MySpace. We somebody you me said something about doing a podcast. I think uh, I think it was you. And and uh, you're like, this is what I want to do, and I think I replied then saying, hey. I've been kind of batting around that idea myself. Yeah, and, and thus Happy Hour with Stilted was born with uh, Yay. me and Jay as the as the hosts, uh, you as the producer, and then Yay. a couple weeks in, Jonesy hopped on board. Yay. <laughs> and a lot of stuff. That was 10 years ago. The iPod, as we just talked about, was almost a thing. So like, we knew this is what we wanted to do, and it was really before podcasting was mainstream. So we're like, how do we do it? Yeah. Like, we really modeled it after radio. Yeah. Like, on-demand radio, if that kind of makes sense. Well, I, and I want to say, like, our format was very Matt and Huggy uh, from the YSP days. Yes. Here in Philly, uh, where we had, like, the five to ten, 15-minute segments or whatever. Yeah. And then a five-minute break. 
Um, and it was like, let's do entertainment news. Let's do sports news. Let's do this and that. And, and then our interview segment. Yeah, it was more like radio because there was no real podcast that we could go off yeah. of. Like, it, it, it didn't really evolve till like a couple years after that where it's like, hey, you can just talk for six minutes if that's what you want to do. Yeah. And somebody will listen to those six yeah. minutes. I, we felt we had to fill two hours. Yeah. And it was and, – and that first episode, which I'm going to air uh, – I don't know if I'm going to air the any of the actual show because it is a hard listen because I was in <laughs> Maine – Right. Uh, and I was in Philadelphia. You were in Philly, and I guess Jay was in Levittown. So, and I was on hotel internet. Uh, which, well, that was also before internet was really. Yeah, so internet was slow to begin with. I think, may, like, you were lucky if you can get like five down, one up. Yeah, slow internet, uh, still cable, still broadband. It was, it's much faster than dial-up, but still, yeah. you know, slow compared to what we have today. Well. Well, Kev, uh, dial-up was fifty-six k, <laughs> and I just said you can get five meg down. Five meg is bigger than fifty six thousand. <laughs> Continue. Um, and uh, it is just. Oh, I'm sorry. Back to that internet. I just moved from like re- from Topton, and when I lived in Topton, Pennsylvania, like one up and one down was like the thing. Like we have high speed internet now. It's one. I'm like, oh, this sounds reasonable. I can download a song in about four minutes. Okay. Yeah. I get mad if it takes more than like if it buffers for more than two seconds. Exactly. Play. Yeah. And same thing. Like that. That was our very first episode was remote podcasting, which is what I exclusively do yeah. now. Ten years later. But yeah, I don't want to say we're the best at what we do, but we were ahead of our time. We sure were pioneers. It. Yes, we were pioneers in the. We didn't know how. To, there was no software like there is not yet. Like I use ZenCaster. Uh, right, which didn't even exist. Nothing, and, and it's a web app that I can I can log into. It's basically Skype built into a website that records both sides of the conversation locally, uploads it to a Dropbox cloud folder, and then I get to mix it myself later. There was we had to make up stuff as we went along. You had I what like four or five computers plugged. Everything had to be a dedicated computer. Yeah, um, Vonage. I don't even know if Vonage is still a thing now because phone. The landline phone's a thing of the past, first of all. Yeah. Secondly, they force you to take a landline phone. Like, when I got my Verizon Fios bundle. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, well, it's, you know, for round number sake, it's $150 a month for the double play. Or, or you can get the triple play with the phone, which is $100. <laughs> but wait, so I take the phone and you take $50 off my bill? Okay. And it, it's, like, no one uses it. Like, I... I I think I have a landline number, yeah. but I don't know what it is. I use my cell phone for everything. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, like, we used the, the Vonage soft phone. Yes. Where the technology was, I had to call you on one line, put you on hold, and then I guess called Jay on the second line because he was somewhere else. And then when he connected, then I can conference the three of us together. Yeah. So, you guys, there was no mixing between you and Jay. Like, you were, if he was louder than you, he was just louder than yeah. you because he was coming off the same machine. And that's that's what we did, and then that evolved. That first show was awful, and then I guess that evolved to the first show where we all sat down in the same room together. Well, and I think that took a couple weeks because I remember at that point we said, "Okay, like let's try." We have to make sure we record when I'm actually home. Right. So, so it was me, Jay. You were traveling a lot. Yeah, I was traveling for work, um, and Jay and I were in my kitchen uh my living room or my apartment kitchen uh with a, a two computers set up with 
I want to say like whatever Skype was back then. I don't know. Like I keep I keep thinking Google Hangouts, but I guess that wasn't a thing back. That then. That wasn't a thing. But it was like it, maybe it was Skype or it was Gmail was probably invite only ten years ago too. It was yeah probably, <laughs> <laughs> and um I, I it was something some sort of VoIP solution that wasn't um the soft phone because we we just like logged in and, and voice right. chatted Magic Jack. Uh, so I was listening to Jay through my headphones. Was it AIM? It may have been. If AIM had voice, it may have been. Um, it was something like, along that line, though, because it was something that was instant messenger right. um, based that also offered, offered voice. Okay. Um, and so we did that in my living room for a week or two. Jonesy hopped in on, on a, an episode in there. And then we eventually just migrated to wherever you were living at the time. Uh, to all be in the same room. And that would probably took, I would say, I mean, we, as we go down the story of happy hour, it was uh, 18 weeks. <laughs> 18 weeks, and I remember that. Because, well, I'll jump, <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. I'll, I'll reveal how I know that later. But it's, um, we, uh, so I would say by week eight, within two months of the podcast, I think we eventually just moved into one room. Uh, and I like we recorded right. on Saturdays or something like, like Saturday mornings, probably uh, because I wasn't wrestling anymore. Because my, I mean, my ankle was healed, but they went on to do bigger and better, bigger and better things, uh, quote unquote. And and I, uh, you know, I was having my my time was podcasting. Like that's right. what I wanted to do, and I was still using that persona of Steel Tip. It was Happy Hour Steel Tip. I was using right. my wrestling persona. A lot of our first, like our first ever guest on that first episode was Fat Baby Leg. Right. He was a <laughs> uh, parody guy. He did educational. <laughs> His parodies, I guess not really parodies. He made songs that were funny. Uh, yeah, I don't about know. History. If, yeah, and I don't know if he, like, was trying to be funny. Like, I, like, because I recently watched the video of him on whatever that sh show was uh, on NBC that he was promoting that yeah. was um, uh, Travis uh, Barker, right? Yeah. He was like one of the judges oh. and, and he was doing Christopher Columbus on that show. And like, they turned him down cause he was awful. Right. <laughs> but it was hilarious. It's one of the funniest songs. Like I still crack up listening to it. And the way we did that interview again, you were remote <laughs> yeah. and he was in California most likely. And I was in Philadelphia. So I was just responsible for like putting you guys on this conference call together and recording it. Because it wasn't recorded for the podcast. We recorded it separately and then put it into the show later. Yes. And that was probably the worst possible interview ever. It was the fact that this show, I call everything is awesome a long form interview show, and it's really more conversation than interview. Um but the fact that like I do a show that's interview based, like right now I'm gonna cut in that fat baby leg interview because right it, now, boom. All right, so let's uh, let's let's get into this interview now. Um, this is like I said, the first interview conducted by Happy Hour with Steel Tip with Fat Baby Leg. Fat Baby Leg here. Hey, Fat Baby Leg. This is Steel Tip. How you doing? Hey, good, good. How are you yourself? Oh, I, I could be better. I know, a little bit more sleep. <laughs> uh, so, I see you got a few things here to promote, and I welcome you to the show. I thank you for doing the interview. Oh yes, no, it's great to be here. It's an honor and a privilege. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Um, no, I got familiar with you overnight. I've, I've heard of you before from uh, seeing my friends on Moscow. But so I, I, I 
I've done a little bit of homework, and my first question actually is, where would you come up with the name? Um, the name, the name comes from a uh, an old Olmec tradition. How when the first male baby was born, if one of its legs was fatter than the other one, that would mean that he'd be a strong and virile son, and there would be a good harvest that year. And I just thought my work, I just wanted my work to embody that principle. Excellent, excellent. Um, let's see. Looking at my notes here, I did actually do a little research on your website, uh, fatbabyleg.com. That's it. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of searching through, and I, I see that, uh, you know, one of your little uh, fast facts here was uh, something about uh, you meeting the croc hunter. Uh, yes, true. Uh, yeah, t- tell me about that, man. Uh, that was, um, oh, wow, that was, a while. was probably six, seven years ago, and just I was um, just in Australia, and he just, uh, just happened to be at the same restaurant I was at, and I just went over and, and, and introduced myself, and he's just a great guy, real nice, and just, you know, he didn't seem bothered or anything, because I'm, I'm a huge fan of his, you know, his show is just, just amazing entertainment. Yeah, yeah, so I, I read that, and I was like, wow, I, I don't know, I, I don't think I ever heard anyone meeting him, like, that I, that I would actually be talking to one day. Yeah, and, yeah, and he's just, just like the character, he's the same person. That's who he portrays, portrays on TV. Uh, let's see, um, just to hear you were on uh, NBC's Star Tomorrow. That is correct. Uh, what, what was that all about? Uh, that was a um, a reality show trying to find the next big band. They had uh, a producer, a music uh, established music producer by the name of Dave Foster, and other and a, a, ro- a rotating uh, chair of judges. And Travis Barker was a judge when I went on. And I, I didn't make the initial cut, so I didn't get to go on. And I don't know really what happened after that. I stopped paying attention. Okay, but yeah, because I, I, I don't remember hearing that show, so. Yeah, I, I, I think it was mainly on the Internet, but the first oh, show okay. was on TV. And you can see that clip on my, on my MySpace. And I think it's just on my MySpace. I don't know if it's on fatbabyleg.com or not. And your your MySpace is uh, myspace.com slash fatbabyleg. That is uh, correct. So let's just go, listen, go watch that. Yeah, um, and then you have to, you got a CD here called Theology and Geometry. God, can't talk today. Geometry. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, when did when, when did you know, uh, come out with that? Uh, I got I produced it got a burn or cut or ran right off the press like in May because I was up in Philadelphia for the Kid Gris birthday show, at the beginning of May. So I, had, I bought the CD there, but now I finally put it up online so people can order it online. Any uh, time you see me perform, I have I have some copies for people to okay. purchase. And uh, just purchase it from through your website. Um, I think it's just on MySpace right now. I don't know if the, the okay. website is not set up. I think it's on my blog on MySpace. Okay. And uh, yeah, I gotta say, I, I listened to the. I think I got a sample of four of your songs. Um, me, Christopher Columbus, by far is one of the. I, I got a chuckle out of it. I, I really liked it. Well, thank you, thank you. I'm glad. And. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I hope you know. You have any shows coming back to the East Coast anytime soon? Not soon. Not soon. I will eventually. I don't know when. Um, yeah, it's just hard. Uh, just the logistics and just too expensive going back 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 there. And I didn't sell enough CDs. So if people buy yeah. buy my CDs, I'll be back a lot sooner. But, uh, but, yeah, but I will come back. I just don't know when right now. Uh, yeah, dude, next time you're in town, you got to give our, you know, give our producer a call. See if maybe we can set something up in studio or something. Yeah, totally. Uh, 
but totally, uh, let's uh, just remind our listeners to check out your website, fatbabyleg.com. You can also yep. uh, find it, find you on MySpace at fatbabyleg. And, uh, uh-huh. yeah, let's, let's get this CD purchased on the East Coast, uh, Theology and ge- Geometry. And uh, we'll, we'll push it as much as we can. I appreciate it, brother. All right, and, again, thanks for doing, your, doing our show. No, thanks for having me. No problem. You have a good day. All right, you too. Cheers. Bye. All right, so that uh, that baby leg, that baby leg. You can uh, you can check out his MySpace at myspace.com/slash that baby leg, or his website, which uh, I believe is fatbabyleg.com. Uh, Santoro, if you can. I think that's that. what you said in the interview. Warriors, wizards, one shot. Over at Kickstarter.com, the One Shot Podcast Network is currently funding the first season of The Dungeon Tome, an actual play experience that combines the style of professional wrestling with the storytelling power of Dungeons and Dragons. Performers will take on the roles of fantasy gladiators, battling it out in player versus player matches for wealth and glory. The Dungeon Dome will feature some of your favorite actual play performers, including Cat Cool of the Campaign Podcast, Mike McDowell of the Neo Scum, Pat O'Rourke of the Dungeon Rats Podcast, and Aram Farshid of God's Fall. But we can't make this project without your help, so head over to Kickstarter right now and look up The Dungeon Dome. 25 bucks gets you a seat, but you'll only need the edge. And we're back. <laughs> and that was the awful interview I did. And it's, I don't think it's, I, I, I put no blame on Fat Baby Leg. Uh, oh, that was your fault. It was there 100% <laughs> your fault. I actually, I wish that we still had contact info for him because I would love to get him back on the show. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I do. If you do, you need to forward that to me because I would What's love his real to name. Him. I don't know. I can't, I can't find, the only thing I can find about this guy is old YouTube videos and a MySpace page. Ugh. I can't find him anywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you heard, that interview was basically me asking, like, I had a list of like 10 questions. Right. And he'd answer one. And instead of me. You weren't listening to him. <laughs> no. You were just asking your question. We could have pre recorded you asking 10 questions, <laughs> which later became a bit on the Stabcast, which we'll talk about. <laughs> it was, oh, man, I forgot all about that. Yeah. But it was literally, you would ask him something, and he's done several interviews in his life. He would set you up like, oh, yeah, well, that's a good story there, and let me tell you about it. And then he'd set you up to talk about something else, but then you didn't ask his follow-up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would ask him about like, how he got started in the business, and he had a really awesome story. Yeah, I it's mean, a great story, which brings us up to today. <laughs> you're like, cool. You had a pet when you grew up, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, I had a dog, and the dog's actually responsible for uh, the newest song I just wrote. <laughs> Instead of, hey, what's that new song? Great. Where did you go to high school? Uh, those weren't the questions. But, yeah, you, know. you guys heard the questions, but it is uh, it is it's nuts that that's how like and every every podcast has those growing pains. But like, yeah, uh, it was just an awkward interview. It was more or less the technology. Like we learned what to do. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. As we said, we kind of were like ahead of our ahead of the time pioneers. Uh, trying to figure out how to do remote podcasting, how to do a podcast in general, because podcast was uh, were certainly around. Like I was a fi- I was listening to Kevin Smith's podcast podcast right. at the time. Uh, I think uh, Ricky Gervais had a podcast. Mm-hmm. So there were other podcasters out there, uh, but it wasn't consumer grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like you were a millennial. 
<laughs> yeah, it wasn't like the you know anyone can do it now. Yeah, you were you you had to be hip to podcasts to uh-huh. be able to listen to it, or um, just be like I was a super fan of Kevin Smith, so like I he talked about it, so I knew that oh I'm gonna listen to this. Mm-hmm. So like the I don't like the fact that we had listeners <laughs> was yeah. it was uh, shocking because uh, like it was even like learning how to market it. Right, ten years ago, like nobody knew what it was ten years ago. Like you didn't have a phone that played them. Yeah, you, you had get to get a device that played these things. I mean, I, yeah, I think the I think what, by the time we started Happy Hour, like officially, we may have talked about it before an iPod existed, but by the time Happy Hour started, I was able to connect my iPod to my computer, uh, subscribe through iTunes on the computer, and yeah. then upload them to my iPod, and then take them in the car or to the gym or wherever. <laughs> Um, but like literally like back then, like it was, let me listen to these two or three podcasts. One of them is, is my own. Uh, it was, and it was a lot of like downloading, like, like I would download the, the kid, Chris, Matt and Huggy, like the YSB right. guys offered a web, uh, a podcast version yeah. uh, or a webcast version of their shows. That's what you had back then. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was no phone. You can get it on now. Everything's on a phone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I remember. And I know this because the Stabcast logo is a, let's be honest, it's an iPod. We always called it a nondescript <laughs> MP3 player. It was an iPod. And, uh, yeah, because it wasn't a picture of a phone. It wasn't a computer. It was an iPod because that's, that's what people had then. Yeah. And it was so hard to market it because I'm just, like, throwing things around near the microphone. I want to kick my foot up on this chair. <laughs> um, f- feel free to kick your... Uh, feet up on the sofa there like you did last time you were in this room <laughs> yeah i was um, I, I was thinking that or the table where people okay. put their drinks yeah. <laughs> might be more appropriate. Oh, yeah now your feet are up on the table perfect <laughs> um, <laughs> you need new shoes by the way you got no traction on those but anyway That's fine. <laughs> so yeah we finally moved into one room we added jonesy to the mix and then we were marketing it and we were getting people on the show which is always a challenge because just to explain to them what, what it was, what this podcast was, yeah, yeah. and then getting them on the phone was a challenge because the technology didn't really exist then. Yeah, and, and to say, like, hey, you, you couldn't say, be on my radio show because it, then they say, oh, what station is it on? Well, yeah. it's on the internet. <laughs> it's not a real radio. So, yeah. I feel it was more ex- better explained as a radio show because nobody knew what podcasting was, really. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it was, it's one of those things where now, like, it's not unheard of to get a big name guest on your show. Right. Uh, I mean, for me, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's happened once or twice. Wait, I'm not a big name guest. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's you know, like, uh, who was, I think Harrison Ford was on The Nerdist. Oh, I thought you were going to say was, he was on your show. Oh, God. I wish. I actually, I, I'm talking to a guy who, who may end up booking some special guests because i don't want to i hate booking guests so I, I i'm talking to a guy that might end up doing it for me talking to a guy that knows a guy <laughs> who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows kevin bacon so he may be on the show <laughs> see what i did there i have a oh i do i do i see what you did uh so i have this wish list and i said ah for the heck of it i'll throw harrison ford on there okay. never gonna happen but anyway yeah it's uh it's now you can go up to somebody a celebrity and say hey Hey, will you be a guest on my podcast? Everyone knows what that is. And they know what that is now. Ten years ago, they didn't. Absolutely not. Uh, ten years ago, uh, which is one of the, you know, the last month of Happy Hour with Steel Tip, um, is w- uh, we did a live show, uh, which, again, 
unheard of. Yeah, we were pioneers again. Pioneers. We had to figure out how to do this, how to pitch this live show first of all. Because did now did they ask us? Because it was Shannon Cole, the Shannon Cole band, uh, whatever her name of the band was. They put on a show at Doc Watson's. They were hosting an open mic situation, and I guess this yeah the band the band's manager I guess we'll call him was hosting an open mic. So of course his band was booked, the band that he was marketing. Yes. Uh, I believe he asked us to be a part of it somehow because we were like, I don't know, talking to them. I guess we became friends from the show. Yeah. So he's like, hey, can you guys come and do something? We're like, yeah, we don't really know how this is going to work. Like, because you're going to have to put acts on in between yeah, what we're doing. It was, it was like we were emceeing the event. Yeah, almost. okay. And there was, but there was, I was on mic, Jay was on mic. I think you and Jones, I think all four of us were on mic. Uh, we we ended up giving away Happy Hour Steel Tip t-shirts, which I still have mine to this day. I have mine. Um, I sent you a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have one autographed by Jonesy and Bruce W. I have. Long uh, story. <laughs> I, my, the, the thing that I had autographed with uh, you and Jones, I had you and Jonesy autograph something. Uh, the Sabcast shirt? No, it was oh, no. a happy yeah. hour shirt I had framed. And I had, for some reason, I had you guys sign the glass, not the shirt. So right. the glass <laughs> broke and the signatures are gone. Uh, you'll never get Jonesy's signature. <laughs> Rest in peace, Jonesy. <laughs> so, oh. uh, but we are emceeing the event. We did like a live habanero pepper eating contest thing. Yeah. It made Matt, uh, Matthew Herb uh, from Robots and Race Cars. And I don't know what he's up to today. Former Stabcast host. Uh, what he's up to today is sitting in his house with his <laughs> wife, his gifted house. Oh, mother-in-law gave him a house. What? When she moved to Florida, yeah, or I, she moved up north rather. I'm sorry. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. But the uh, I, I don't want to get into yeah, this have an arrow pepper eating contest. <laughs> like he ended up going to the bathroom puking after he won. Yeah. Uh, it was just like I, I, I mean, I don't remember it because a it was a, a just. About ten years ago. Oh, blur! Yeah, I remember none of this. <laughs> and it was, but it was still like I don't think anyone. I think we could go on record as saying we did the first live podcast because I don't think anyone did them back then. I know for sure, like Smodcasting it, Kevin Smith's podcasting hmm. it. Uh, he didn't start that until like maybe in '08 or '09. Well, it was bulky technology. It was yeah. before you had to bring a computer out to record this thing. Yeah. It was before you can record on consoles, record on an iPad. Yeah. Just it wasn't easy to do. It was I cuz I think you had I think not only did was there whatever setup Joe had, Joe Kaliva, who was running the, the for th- his band. Yeah, but you also had our setup. Like we were table. essentially another act. Yeah. Yeah, so like had to patch into the Doc Watson's PA system. Yeah, so it was like a crazy wild setup for you know, I, I haven't done anything. I've done live shows, obviously, since then, um, and they're way more convenient, mm-hmm. <laughs> way easier to set up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just uh, crazy. And then, the you know, we did a couple more shows, and I... Well, that was show 16. That was show 16. Was show 16. Did, so we ha- we know the number now. So, so that means there was literally, I think, two more shows. Then we did 17 and 18. But what we did there, too, Jonesy and I perform together oh yeah 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 the show was really you and jay jonesy and i were kind of behind the scenes on the show and that was the first we decided to perform we booked ourselves this was hard to do it was the myspace days 
We had to come up with enough fake music to make it look like we were an actual band called the Revolutionary War Soldiers, TRWS.info. Which, which, is that still a website? Oh, oh my God. But Maybe on MySpace you can find the Revolutionary I War Soldiers. I think you can. I think I saw, I think I, and I mean, not anytime recently, but within the last couple of years, I think I, I searched it for some reason. Uh, and I got to say, like, before you go, like, that was, this is such a genius bit. It was. It's such a genius bit. It was funny. Bit. Yeah, we, we booked ourselves as a real band. And, you know, no pictures or anything. And, and it was believable enough where we got put on this show. And then we get up there and we played it off like we were Revolutionary War soldiers. You know, the banter in between songs would be, hey, we're close to Valley Forge. A lot of history there. Valley Forge is, the bit was always, we would point to a different. Valley Forge is about 20 miles that way. No, I think it's 20 miles that way and point to a different direction. For the listening audience, that's what I'm doing. I'm pointing. <laughs> but that was the running bit. And. It would be like, here's our first song, and it would be like four bars of some kind of intro, whatever it was, and then the Reading Rainbow theme, word for word, butterfly in the sky, fly <laughs> twice as high, take a look, you know, it's in book, Reading Rainbow, Reading Rainbow. The song would end, and then we would act like that just didn't happen. <laughs> wow, that was a good song. Yeah, it was. <laughs> this next song is about the tyranny that happened uh, when we are fighting the Redcoats. You know, we're so close to Valley Forge, a lot of history there. It's about 20 miles that way. I know it's 20 miles that way. Anyway... This is about that tyranny that we faced. Reading Rainbow theme again. <laughs> or, you know, four bars of an actual song, then Reading Rainbow. And then, uh, you know, the songs were, and then we're like, okay, we're going to play a cover song for our last song. Uh, and a lot of people know this. And, uh, oh, the song names, too, were like some, like the Boston Tea Party was yeah, the song yeah, name. Yeah. yeah. The Redcoats were coming, or another song name. Um, no Taxation Without Fair Representation was another <laughs> song. <laughs> Meaningless songs that we had to put on the MySpace to make it look like we were a real band. It was like, No Taxation Without Fair Representation, instrumental only demo. Because <laughs> we didn't write words for it, so we didn't record the words. But then uh, we were like, oh, here's our last song. And it was the opening to Weezer Hashpipe, just the intro, the dun 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 Yeah. And then butter, uh, Reading Rainbow theme. We have a, uh, a very special duo up on stage with us. Anyway, everyone put your hands together for the Revolutionary War Soldiers.
right back there with the headphones on. Cause he drinks now, it's going happy Looks like we have seven or eight more songs, so uh, that, that's not a joke, guys. That's, uh, that's, that's not a joke. You don't win a war with three songs. No, you don't. Uh, yeah, like, like Daniel was saying, fight the power is the name of the CD. And the name of this next song. It's a lot heavier than the last one. Yeah, first time we're ever playing it, too, so. Hopefully we don't screw up here. Seriously, that guy right back there, now he's looking at us, wearing a happy hour with a tip shirt. Find the Cosmo after the show. So I don't know why he's wearing airwalks. But uh, seriously, buy him a Cosmo. Any complaints about us? He booked us tonight. Go see that guy. Such a genius yeah. bit. And I remember, I don't know, 
You you guys told me at some point because like I don't think we even told you what we were gonna do. At some point you did because like you guys had to walk away. Yeah, like, hey, I we're gonna a, leave you. I had to man the stations. I think it was like maybe the day of. Or, yeah, yeah, because you had to because I wasn't there to cue whatever was happening on your show afterwards. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to like hit these buttons and make stuff work. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, that was such a like to the this look day. on people's faces as we. The first time it's like, huh, okay. Then it was like halfway through the reading rainbow theme the second time, just like the looks of disbelief on everyone's <laughs> just jaw was dropped in that place. And then the third time we did it, it was mixed. A lot of people were either it was fifty fifty. They were either laughing or booing us at that point. <laughs> it was to me, it's a genius bit. Like it's just it's I don't know, it's it's that comedy rule of three. It's that's why we it was longer than we th- Every time we rehearsed it, I think we were told we had like four or five minutes because it was an open mic scenario. Yeah. We rehearsed it. It was like two, three minutes. We're like, oh, yeah, maybe it'll be a little longer. I think we were 15 minutes. <laughs> like insanely long. It's, it went it, on forever up there. Well worth it from what I remember. Yeah, it was funny though. Well worth it. Uh, and yeah, so so we did a couple more weeks of, of the show and then. Two more weeks. Then I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, it's it's funny because like we, like, I, the only thing I remember is like waking up that Saturday morning. And I don't know if you had sent a message or not, but like I know if you did, I replied. If you didn't, I just sent you a message saying I'm not doing the show today. <laughs> There's something that happened where, and even like a year after it happened, I can't put my finger on what exactly happened. No, like I we just stopped recording one day. It was just, I, I, I mean, it was egos, and I know like at some point, like when I when I um. After you went on, and we'll get to more details of, of where we're, we split, but you went off to do Stabcast with Jonesy. Jay and I went Rest to go do peace. Creep. Stabcast and Jonesy. Uh, Jay and They're I went together. To, Jay and I went to go do Creepcast. Uh, and eventually that turned into another version of Happy Hour. And that's when I started talking to Jonesy again and uh, and, and then started talking to you. And then, like when I started talking to you, like I told you, I was like, listen, I, I don't know exactly – like. I definitely messed up, you know. I, I my ego got in the way. It was like all oh, like just we were in our twenties. Like it yeah. was, I was twenty two at the time. So like I don't name one twenty two year old that doesn't have like an ego, you know. So it was uh, that kid <laughs> on that sh- religious show. He seems he seems down to earth. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. that's the, that's the one kid. Um, yeah. So I don't know like the. And I don't know if I could even find out because, like, any of the emails that I have that are associated with that are, like, either the email account doesn't exist anymore right. or, or I, I don't have the emails. The happy hour server is gone. <laughs> the hard the computer failed, and it's one of those blade drives that I don't know how to operate. So, like, yeah. They asked me a while back, like, do you have this? I'm like... It's on a hard. You can have the hard drive. I don't know how to install it anywhere. I well, you know what's what's great is because I because uh, before Jonesy RIP'd, uh, <laughs> he he had he had a lot of the original stuff. So I finally found yeah. it. Uh, hence the reason that I'm able to cut some stuff in here and there. Okay. Uh, and um, but nothing. I have no record of what officially happened. Something happened. Something happened. Ego, like uh, you know, something was like egos were bruised. It was the Revolutionary War soldiers <laughs> they, in the demise. Uh, and then you guys instantly went to start the st- like within a week, right? We recorded show eighteen. We were supposed to record show nineteen. I think Jonesy showed up, so it was just like Jonesy and me sitting there. Yeah, and we're like, well, happy hour's done. 
what can we do? And I remember it's 19 because our password for <laughs> we went on to record this, you know, to do the Stabcast, which eight years later. Um, I, I remembered it was 19 because our password for all the Stabcast stuff early on was hiatus 19 <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> so that's how I remember we did exactly 18 weeks and took a hiatus on 19. And so you guys, and how long, because so by the time you guys were. We took a week off. You took a week off. Then I, like, I for whatever reason, have a thing with numbers. We started happy hour on July one. We want. I wanted to start Creepcast on January one of two thousand eight. Well, we the last uh, happy hour was November November eleventh was week nineteen. Yeah, and then November eighteenth was week one of Stabcast. So, and it was about five weeks later when we debuted. Um, Creepcast. Mm-hmm. So what? How long? Because I know Jonesy actually is—is is he the lowest rowing, running co-host of the show, or was that Bruce W? <sighs> Jonesy did. Well, well for those that don't know, uh, the Stabcast we did 384 shows, give or take, and uh, which is about it was exactly eight years of shows, and uh, Jonesy started the show with me. He maybe did 36 shows. Okay. Gosh, all this was on when we did show either 200 or 300, probably 200. We had a quiz. Our friend Andrew Zarian, who's big in the podcasting community now, I guess, for the consum- prosumer level. Yeah. Uh, he he called in the show, and he gave whoever was on the show that day, I guess, Matthew, me. I don't know if you were there. I was there I was there for the 200th, for sure. We did a quiz. Yeah. He had a, a Stabcast history quiz, and even I didn't know the answers. We had somebody else in the mix back when we had a staff of people which we'll get to later, make this quiz up. And one of the questions was, who has hosted the least number of shows? And I can't remember. Jonesy did about 36 shows before he uh, passed. And um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, I shouldn't <laughs> laugh. Tragic incident. And uh, he did about 36 shows with Jonesy and me. But that's, you know, we were still a little ahead of the time because we learned what to do and kind of what not to do on Happy Hour. Yeah, yeah. But we knew, okay, we have this podcast. we got to market it now. So we focused on getting local bands. Yeah. There was a local, uh, there was like a, a high school-aged music venue in the city, in town rather. And we would go there and find out who the popular bands were. And we're like, hey, do you want to come on the show? Thinking that if we get this band on, the band's fans are going to listen to the show, then we'll rope them in from there. So we knew that's how we wanted to market this thing. And then uh, the phone technology was a little bit better then. We were still probably doing that voice over IP stuff. Yeah, because that was still around when I joined the staff. Yeah. and um, you know, so we so we did that still, but we really knew like this is what we want to market it as. Like we kind of learned a couple things. We were still ahead of our time in the sense where like um, we didn't touch on this during happy hour, but when we had to post these web these shows, which were like every Saturday at midnight during the happy hour day, somebody had to be up Saturday at midnight to upload the new files. Yeah. With Stabcast, there was no WordPress. There was no content management system that was mainstream back then. We, like, had to learn Linux programming. And, Which is like, crazy. make a cron job on the server. And we would, like, publish the files in, like, a private directory, not in the HTML folder, and then have a transfer to HTML. Yeah. It was and, just a mess. And Because now that you mentioned that, like, I thought I had it was manually post every, everything for Creepcast. But there's no way I was waking up at midnight and doing it. Like I had to have done something similar because yeah. I just I know myself and I <laughs> thought I had I, I swear that 
that when I was thinking about the history of, of this show, uh, or, or not this show, but like me podcasting, I swear I was like manually doing it, but like there's no way. Like, because at right. that point, when I started Creepcast uh, in, in 08, I was the one doing everything. Like, all Jay did, I, it was Jay. See, we didn't learn anything <laughs> from Happy Hour. Okay, Jonesy and I learned something. I, I, I still wanted that group of, like, a group, like which is felt like a radio show. Um, so it was me, Jay. Uh, <laughs> I just thought of a joke. <laughs> so you know how, like, I don't even know now where I'm going. Like, um, gosh, I wish I would have written this joke down. <laughs> you know, like, how a group of... Fish is called a school, for yes. example. A group of podcasters in a room is called a clusterfuck. <laughs> yes. I should have set it up a little bit better. A group of fish is called a school. A group of, I don't know, this animal is called yeah. this. A group of this is called this. And I should have said the uh, That's, podcasters in a room is called a clusterfuck. 100% accurate. I, I can curse, right? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, that couldn't be more accurate. And, <laughs> and honestly, that's not a lesson I learned uh, until... I, I started doing Stabcast. So, like... Uh, Stabcast was two people, Jonesy and me. Yeah, it was you and Jonesy, then you and Bruce W. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. So, but it started out with you two. Cre- meanwhile, Creepcast was... Was what you and Jay went on to do after... Me and Jay, after but I still built a team around it. Mm-hmm. And it was... Fox was actually part of it initially for that first week, maybe two weeks. Um, <laughs> and I remember we got Milo Turk... On <laughs> as 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 uh, one of our early guests, and Fox was was there for it, and it was uh, it was it was a train wreck. It was ex- right. it was a, not like a bad train wreck, but it was. Uh, I mean, people laughed. I don't know if Turk laughed, but we all laughed. Uh, but Fox was part of it for a while. Waski was part of it for a while, and John Redding was part of it. Okay. Uh, Fox eventually kind of. So you out. had a team of people. But there was so. a team. There was four of us. Ultimately, it was like usually four of us and, and whatnot. I think I caught one or two of those creep casts. Uh, I'm not a big podcast guy. I don't listen to anything. <laughs> See, I leave here and I read. And and I that is, to this day, uh, it, those, and I think, ironically, um, that lasted 20 weeks, uh, <laughs> Creepcast, because I saw what I dubbed Creepcast Season 2 started episode 21, Okay, uh, which is a completely different cast hmm. but that lasted about 20 weeks and that is the only 20 episodes of my podcasting career i do not have like they're just hmm. missing like i like and if anyone listened to if anyone that's listening now listen to that garbage and you have it please let me know uh because it is the only thing i'm missing and and which is the only thing that upsets me about that is that there's one episode that i did with my uncle when I went on vacation and my, my uncle had, has has he passed last year. Mm. So that's the only episode I really like. I'm like, shit. Like, right. I can't buy it. but anyway, um, yeah, we, we started the creep cast show. Uh, and when Jonesy and I started, well, we had staff cast first. And yeah. Moved on. Yeah. And, and our, and I, it, the technology was about the same though for both. And though, cause it was so quick for a staff cast to happy hour. There was one week in between them. Yeah. So we're still ten years ago at this point. Yeah, Nothing yeah, really changed. Yeah, I, I mean, we were uh, we were five weeks after you. Yeah, uh, and I had to go buy a mixer and right. and uh, set up computers. Luckily, I was in a position uh, where like the job I had was recycling computers all the time. AKA, you throw them in the the Hess dumpster or <laughs> throw them in Kev's 
backseat. Yeah. Uh, so, like, all the computers that we needed to make things happen, like, record the audio, patch in a guest, uh, which I don't even know. I think I paid, I think at that point, Skype had numbers. Like, you could pay for a Skype number. And I think that's what how we did. We didn't because I didn't have Vonage. I didn't use that. I if we had a calling guest, I we and there was no way back then to patch in a cell phone, right? Uh, to at least that I knew. I because I'm not. I'm still like the iPhone wasn't out. It wasn't yeah. a thing. There were smartphones out, but like not like I think that I think I had the G1 back then. Right. Uh, so you could maybe patch. Like, I think there was a way you could patch patch it in to Jonesy play. Jonesy and stuff. I had blackberries. Yeah. <laughs> there was. I don't think there was a way. There was a way for us to hear the guests, but there was no way for the guests to hear right, us, right. at least at a good quality. So I think I used Skype with uh, with a VoIP number. That's mm-hmm. um, how we did our interviews. Um, and uh, we, like, Creepcast we named all because of the uh the interview the initial interview we did on happy hour with uh with shannon cole right you played off of that yeah we played off of that uh and i how did stabcast come about i feel like this had something to do well it's funny because when we stopped when you stopped recording when whatever happened we, we still don't know what happened to this day there was like somehow there was bad blood in our camps like and i'll say my camp being jonesy and me you know me being in charge of that team i guess yeah and then your camp being you in charge of all those other those guys. Those clusterfucks. Yeah. <laughs> you were the uh, the leader of the clusterfuck yes. group. And um, somehow there was like bad blood between us. And when your camp found out that Jonesy and I were going to immediately start this next show, because I think we posted something about it maybe, like somehow you guys found out before we had a name for it. And like one of your guys on the show was like, oh, you should call it this. And it was like a bunch of things that were like, you know, they're stabbing us at the back. You know, they fucked us over, yeah. stuff like this. And Jonesy just kind of looked at me. He's like, why don't we just call it Stabcast? A play off of what he's, you know, yeah, like yeah. the ultimate fuck you to this guy. And because there wasn't bl- bad blood there. Like we had, we were getting voicemails. There was. were very derogatory. The, and the, I love the idea of a good old radio war. Uh, Absolutely. A good old, and, and, and in these terms, a podcast war. I would love to have a podcast war. We had one on Stabcast, which I'm jumping ahead on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I remember that. Yeah, I'll touch on it. Okay. <laughs> I still have one other person to mention on that show okay. before I get to you. Um, but so, but the 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 podcast war between Stamcast and Creepcast was not friendly. It wasn't public, so it wasn't. It, it, yeah, yeah, because it was. It, it, there were everything that happened. Like I didn't play anything that that was left on our voicemail system. Yeah. You guys didn't play anything that was left. We would get voicemails like, "Hey, this bad thing happened to this guy. Let's yeah. make fun of it." Yeah, and that was and that was something that I had no idea about. And then there was the one like the voicemails. I don't know if they were on our side if they were ever directed towards me, except for one. And I think it was the last one where I was like, "All right, this is what's going on here." Yeah. And and that's what like I think I don't know if it was you and me or you uh, or me and Jonesy, but there was like one or two emails shot back and forth about like. Hey, I this is what's happening. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, this is what's happening. I was like, all right, see, I had no idea like that was happening, and because Jonesy never heard the really bad one. Yeah, and like, because th- you know, uh, my Mike D'Angelo, who who is a frequent contributor to to what I do with the podcast world, is he coming today? He, he's not coming oh. today. He he left a voicemail that we're gonna play sometime during the show, but uh, he um, <laughs> he had a, he was in a similar situation. With uh, as Jonesy, like you know, it, it, right, right, right. So, 
um, there was like when that happened, I was like, when I found out about it, when you told me about it, I was like, all right, I'll take, I'll handle that. Cause that's not something, that's a line that I wasn't willing to cross because exactly. my best friend went through that. And like, I, I, I would believe that Jonesy and I were still like when his, when that happened to Jonesy, I think we were still talking like happy hour. I don't think had quit at that point. I think, I don't know when it happened, but regardless, like yeah. that was a line that I wasn't willing to cross. Like that was the one line that like I was not willing to cross and other people in my camp did. Yeah. Uh, and that war ended and it was, you're right. It wasn't a fun war because we, it wasn't anything we could publicly play. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, what happened after Creepcast for you? Creepcast, um, Creepcast ended 20 weeks in and honestly, I, I didn't do anything until, uh, until November of 08. So 20 weeks huh. is what like, it was almost, it's clo- almost about five months. Well, I guess the big thing then that we did next with Stabcast after Jonesy, uh, you know, passed, I had to come up with a new co-host. So I got, uh, Bruce W, which if you know this guy, he fits the mold for an emo kid. He's just yeah. You put him on a stage and he looks like a young guy that girls want to look at. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. He so. he is the the poster boy and I I've never met him. <laughs> I've only seen him in like in video or in picture or on social media, but yeah. like he is that like poster boy like emo. I don't I don't I I feel like when I say emo kid I it feels dirty. It feels like I'm like it's a derogatory word, but But the way he had his hair yeah. covering the one eye so he had no depth of perception. But that was just the way kids did it. Like that's yeah. like that's a millennial. He's a goddamn millennial. <laughs> well, yeah, but he fits the mold. You put him on a put him in front of girls, girls are going to look at him. Yeah. So he joined the team because we knew him from I guess happy hour days and more so in Stabcast. Because in Stabcast, we really focused on the bands and getting the bands involved in the show. And um, gosh, that was the first show I had to ever write for, too. We had segments. We would do an intro. Then Jonesy would have 15 minutes of his own time. I'd do 15 minutes. Then we'd do, like, a community thing. Then maybe we'd each do 15 minutes again. But anyway, so Bruce and Bruce got on board. And he's like, hey, there's this website called Stickham. I think we should check this out. Now, at the time, we had, you know, HD wasn't really a thing. Stickham was a video st- live video streaming site. So now we had to figure out how to get video of us, record the audio on one machine, get v- then yeah. put the audio on the video to another machine to make it look good. And this is probably mid-2008 at this point. Uh, yeah. Because cause that's, I, I stopped in May of 2008 and didn't right. start again until November. So, uh, or... November-ish, at least. and uh, We were probably one year after we started. Yeah. Tw- 19 weeks of happy hour, then Jonesy did about 34. So we're about 54, 55 weeks in right now. So just yeah. after a year, nine years ago, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, it, I don't know where I was gonna, going with that. So I'll, I don't continue. Know. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you continue. It's <laughs> your story. So we're nine years. Uh, so we still had to figure out how to do all this stuff. And it was grainy. Fo- it looked like grainy security camera footage. But it was enough where you could see Bruce standing next to me. Yeah. So we would center him, and I'd kind of, like, be out of the frame. And uh, But, yeah, we were just sitting there one day and, you know, doing the regular show, which was just bullshitting, you know, not really doing much of anything. Bruce was telling a joke or something. And then this guy hops in the room and sends us a private message on Stickham. And he's like, hey, can I feature you guys on my website? 
Yeah, whatever. You know, we'll make fun of the guy for a while. Oh, fucking kid. Yeah, you know, some website you run. Yeah, feature <laughs> us on your MySpace page. <laughs> Next thing you know, we go from like 12 people in the room just kind of watching to, to 1,000 people. Yeah. I'm like, huh, what happened here? It's like, yeah, I just featured you on Stickham, my website that I, I'm an admin on. <laughs> and that was actually Matthew L., good guy over at Stickham. Uh, and and that at that time, and, and I would say, you know, even when I joined the Stabcast, which we'd say if, if that was around, you know, episode 35, 36, that you started doing mm-hmm. Stipcam, like about 50 episodes later is when I hopped in. Um so especially when you guys started it, but like that was original for stick cam. Like there yeah. wasn't many, like it was stick cam was from what I can gather, just like I've recently read some history on it and just kind of remembering mm-hmm. what other things were doing. Like really the only, I only remember maybe a handful of actual podcasts on stick cam. Right. They were just then starting to look for original content to put on stick cam which was instead of emo kids yeah the start of their demise essentially (laughs) which you know we'll talk about later but yeah so that opened up a whole new median for us because instead of sitting in a room talking to each other and trying to figure out what to do and you know kind i don't want to say anything was scripted but you kind of before you came in for the day you kind of knew where you wanted to go with things yeah yeah so now we're in front of an audience with a thousand people watching us yeah. Basically yelling at you to dance like a monk. Dance. Dance <laughs> yeah. for us. Yeah. That was yeah. funny. Tell that joke again. Yeah. What is this? Well, and that's something that we didn't touch on at all is that, you know, uh, and, and I did this f- even even when I was on stick cam with Happy Hour. Mm-hmm. You know, we we did outlines. We had outlines that, that gave us, like, our bullet points that we were going to talk about. Yeah. Um, and... And uh, I mean, obviously, when when I did go to stick camp for happy hour, you know, that was it became a looser timeline. Right. It was more about let's make sure we hit our commercials and and hit our segment topics versus like our actual bullet points. Yeah. And some stuff you'd wait on too, like, hey, I know this is going to be huge. Let me wait till a couple more people are in the room here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, but but yeah, I mean, like you said, it wasn't we didn't script happy hour or stab cast and creep cast, but it was very much like we knew like it was we knew what we were going to talk about. Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, that was the beauty of a podcast back then. And, and I guess still is today is that it can be a well-organized scripted version of radio. Yeah. Um, but sta- uh, stick cam changed that all. Right. So, I mean, yeah, when Bruce said that and thankfully, you know, it was, you know, I, I always joke about it. It was the right joke at the right time in front of the right person. And then we're doing this show for thousands of people live all of a sudden. So now it kind of means something. Yeah. Yeah, we were getting the listeners before, but it's like, wow, these people are in front of us now. And now you got to worry about doing a show for them. But at the same time, somebody's going to download this later. So it has to make sense for them, too. It is, And it's something that I think even to this day that, like, I and, – and we haven't really even gotten to me joining the stick cam era yet. But – you know, I, that was, I would say, Stick Camp took up most of my podcasting career out of mm-hmm. the last, you know, 10 years. So, so that's, I basically treat my shows like, like that now. It's obviously less interaction with the crowd and, and more interaction between me and the guest. But, I, like, editing, like, editing kind of went out the door. There was once, no editing once you're doing a live show yeah, because a live audience. you've already drops whatever you wanted to say. I mean, unless it was something truly horrendous or something that like legally you had to cut out. Yeah. You know, it was you you don't edit. Like that's something that I've I, I don't I, I make sure the levels are good and then I, I produce it together. I mix it together. Mm-hmm. 
that's what editing is for me. And that's like, I think for me, I think it's like the greatest thing I learned from stick cam because like, who cares at the end of the day? Like no one cares. Yeah. Cause that's really your audience right there and they don't care. Yeah. I think it's funny. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think, you know, it is kind of weird with that audio, like the audio only balance because, because yeah. not only is stick cam video, or is live, but it's video as well. So like you, you, ha- so now you're doing a live visual medium. And there's but- people typing at the same time yeah. too. So it's all this. It's interaction. It's live. It's uh, it's video based, and you also have to cater to the people who are going to download later. Yeah. Um, which was, you know, uh, I, I would say to this day, I don't know that I necessarily do because I'm just always in like, let me just do this show. This is what I'm. Uh, let me live in the moment. Uh, yeah. Versus like, well, we had very similar numbers for the live. Oh man, I, actually, I made a bullet point here. <laughs> we had very similar numbers to how many people were watching us live versus how many people were downloading the show. So it was crazy to hear like we were doing just live shows for people. What we thought, then you would look at the numbers like, oh wow, people are actually like still downloading. Yes, yeah. does this make sense to them? Oh, hang on, I gotta disconnect from the Wi-Fi here. <laughs> I'm ruining everything. I'm sorry. It's uh so the stabcast, um and this is probably a little bit later in the game. Loading, loading. <laughs> yeah, this is October man, yeah, this website, where's downloads? This is uh from two thousand twelve. Okay. Two th- actually two thousand and eleven into two thousand twelve, year ending. Okay. Stupid fiscal year stuff. <laughs> Show number 257, for example, had um, 24,022 downloads. Yeah. About the same amount of people probably watch that live on Stickham at some yeah. point during yeah. that show. But that's crazy. So you've got like 24,000 people watching you, then 24,000 people downloading it. Some overlap, but most of those are like different listeners. Yeah. How's this making sense to them? And, and it like that's I think the the thing with a podcast is that as long as it's entertaining, like I don't think you need like I don't th- I, I, and maybe it was just the way we did things on Stick Cam or you did things on Stick Cam with Bruce mm-hmm. is that we the visual was there and it was nice, but I don't think that we truly utilized it. Not as a video service. Yeah, it was because those people were always in the back of our mind. Like these people are going to be listening yeah, later. Like it was like I mean when it, when I first started doing the stabcast, and I know I'm going ahead a little bit, but it was we like we stood we stood side by side in front of the camera, and then at commercial breaks yeah. we would sit, and then eventually it morphed into us just sitting at our own desks and and and, and whatnot. Right. You're jumping ahead though. Uh, yeah, yeah, but like it's so. What I'm saying is that we didn't do anything. Like we didn't jump. In, we didn't do jumping jacks. We didn't do anything. <laughs> we didn't act. There was no like on stick cam. You could have had a black screen up or just the stabcast logo, and mm-hmm. the reception probably would have been the same. Once they like after the whole, like we saw Bruce W. and we're we're tuning in because he's hot. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. what it was. Let's all be honest. But but yeah. after that moment, you could throw a stabcast logo up there and have the same content. I think people are still going to watch. Yeah, uh, because there's nothing visual. It, yeah, I think part of it though, not so much with Bruce on there because we stood side by side. But I'm jumping ahead too. I think later it was kind of cool to see when you'd get the band in there, kind of like yeah. cut to them. Yeah. and it's kind of cool to see like things are actually happening. Yeah, here. yeah. Um, but I guess so that that takes us up through what I did after Creepcast. And so then you had something else to start. So so while but you know what? I think we should take another break, though, real quick, just here on the local level. Oh, OK. Hey, Kevin, 
It's Joe Kaliva, or otherwise known as Cosmo Joe, uh, a nickname that I got on uh, you, one of your podcasts, <laughs> the podcast where I first met you. Uh, I'm not even sure if we ever explained to your listeners during my interview, my, my most recent interview, how I got that nickname, um, but I'll let you tell the story. Um, anyway, man, wanted to call and say congratulations on 10 years of podcasting. Uh, you were right there at the forefront, man, and uh, uh, you actually introduced me to podcasting. Uh, a bunch of years later, I became a podcaster myself, and um, uh, I know how hard it is to sustain. Uh, my podcast lasted uh, a whopping eight months, <laughs> so so 10 years, trust me, I, I get it. I know it's quite a feat. So, um, But uh, you've come a long way from Happy Hour with Steel Tip, where, where uh, I met you and was uh, – uh, the first time I was ever a guest on a podcast, and uh, now you are your very own podcast network. Um, pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. So uh, congratulations, brother, and uh, here's to another 10 years. Keep it going. Uh, I've always loved your uh, very natural, unscripted, laid-back uh, style uh, with your podcasts, uh, your long-form interviews. Uh, it's everything a podcast should be, man. So uh, I'll be listening here to uh, Everything is Awesome. Uh, I love it, and I'm uh, looking forward to what the future holds. All right, congratulations, man. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, what's up, big guy? It's Big O. Just wanted to call in and say congratulations on hitting your 10 years, man. That's like 50 in human years, so I know you're sitting there aging by the minute. So uh, we've been through a lot, man. You've seen me go through trials and tribulations of life. I've seen you go through puberty. And finally grow up, so I <laughs> just wanted to say congratulations, man. Keep up the good work, all right? This is Big O saying peace out. I'm sorry, I, I, had to, I had to run to the bathroom. I'm not feeling too well. We're back now, though. <laughs> it's all this uh, laced smart water we're drinking. I know. So Bruce joined, and we're kind of nine years into the last podcast. They go quick after this, though. Let me yeah, tell you guys. Yeah, yeah. The first year is always the hardest the year. The first year, and, and, and that's technically two years because yeah. it was the first year of happy hour, which is so little. Right. And the first year of Stabcast, and the first year of me trying to figure out what I'm doing. Right. So you kind of took that time off, and I don't know. Were you, were you watching what the Stabcast was doing when you were sitting there? So after so after after um, Creepcast season one ended, um, I would say uh, that. Um, at some point during that, my time off, which was from, we'll say May or June of 08 to about November of 08, um, I probably started listening to it, uh, because, because I think I started talking to Jonesy again in that time period. Mm -hmm. You know, my personal life went into a big disarray, uh, in, in near the end of 08. And, um, and that's when I started talking to Jonesy again. Um, but, and, and, and that's why I didn't host, like the one thing that I've always said about me doing podcasts is that I am a great person to, to be involved with because it's a launching pad for many people. <laughs> uh, Stabcast launched from happy hour, the generic show, which was, uh, the other show on, uh, when, when, uh, Jay and I couldn't do Creepcast, we, we went, uh, on vacation, uh, so the other guys did the the other show, and that eventually springboarded right. into the generic show. Um, 
so uh, that's you know I just didn't have anyone to do a show with, and then eventually um, we started Creepcast season two in like November ish of two thousand eight, which originally, and it's not the same episode that I said was missing before, but originally the it was me, Mike D'Angelo, and my uncle. Right. We I guess we're gonna be the hosts. I've only listened to about two minutes of it because I it, it, my uncle's on it, so I had to. I'm not ready to listen to it. Okay. Um, but I know it's not the episode we recorded in the Outer Banks. And then after that, I don't know how. I, I assume immediately after that, it because my uncle I think may have, he was either living in Philly at the time or in I think he was living in Philly at the time. So uh, like Manny Young Philly. So uh, it turned into I think me, Mike, and some of the other wrestling guys like C Rob and mm-hmm. Tom Foz, uh, and that. That lasted for ten weeks, but immediately turned into happy hour. Um, so, so I would say by uh, early two thousand nine is when you know Jonesy and I are friendly again. Mm-hmm. Him and I were talking. We met some, at some point, and you know he was telling me, filling me in more about the Stabcast and and what was going on with all that and and his involvement, which was I guess very little at that point. Right. Um, and that I think I think it, he even mentioned that, you know, that Bruce was leaving soon. Like, I guess it was maybe there was some sort of notice because I, I, I said, oh, if, let Santor know if he ever needs some, someone to fill in. Like, I definitely be willing or, or if you want to, you know, give me his email or give him my email, like um, definitely would love to, like, you know, kind of make amends. And that's when I asked you to, you know, can I use happy hour again? Like, right. I feel I, I don't know. I guess in my mind, I was like, well, I don't want to start a show called Happy Hour and, and piss you off. Like a, at that point, a, at a solid year and a half, <laughs> more mature, uh, right. you know, I, I was um, I was very conscious of that. And and that's when we I decided to drop the with steel tip part and uh, to still not learning anything from <laughs> from uh, the clusterfuck of podcasters. Uh, and it was still like a four to five person team on Happy Hour uh, 2.0, uh, but that's what yeah. Oh, I would say it was probably February uh, ish of of 2009 when Happy Hour 2.0 started, and then at some point during that is when I you know I I you asked me to contract host co-host the show right once Bruce left. Yeah, we needed yeah a person, and it was. Uh, I, I forget how many five week intervals at a time until before it just became official that I was going to be the co host. What did you do? Like two, three years? Uh, I was. I started around episode eighty four, I think, and I was there. That was. I. I was there to till uh, about two and a half years, I think. I was there till um, to like the. Yeah, I think it was a true question. Then getting back to what we just talked about, yeah. you said who did. Jonesy do the least number. I think that's what the question was. Who did more, Jonesy or Bruce W? And I think it was a trick question. Jonesy did weeks one to 34, and we didn't take a single break during that because we were establishing the brand and we wanted to make sure we did every week. Once Bruce W came into play, we really worked around his schedule a lot more. Yeah. So he did 34 to 84. Yeah. But we did less number of shows in that run, I think. Oh, okay. I think that's what the trick question was. Oh, okay. He was on the show for more weeks, but we recorded less shows. Interesting. I think that's what it was. And then, yeah, and and my the steel tip era of of uh, yeah. which was like it, it, it blows my mind that I was part of the show for as long as I was because 
I honestly thought I would be there for five to ten weeks before you found someone else to I go. I think that's with. kind of yeah, what we all thought. And and then um, it was working though. Yeah, it was working. It was, uh, and that's where I started to get that two person vibe. And again, it took a very long time mm. to dwindle my show down to two people. <laughs> um, but it was, um, you know, the the that's my introduction to Stick Cam was was getting on a, a episode eighty four. Yeah, um, I think that episode may have been one of the one of the first episodes I did in that first five week run was me, you, and Jonesy. Um, because we did, uh, I remember specifically, we all called a bowling alleys uh, right. for prank calls. And this is like in the age where like we were comfortable with doing prank phone calls still. Yeah, uh, technology was getting a little easier to make phone calls on the show. Yeah, I think we were still using Vonage, but like internet was better, so it sounded better. Yeah. I know like near the end of my Stabcast run is when you got that software that was like web-based. and it was Yeah, it was somebody designed software. And... Gosh, it was called a studios, the company. Yeah, yeah. The Sabcast yeah. was literally like login number three. Yeah. Like they approached us like, hey, can you beta test our software? Your user ID is three. Yeah, yeah. And um but yeah, I was uh and, and I mean the the amount that changed in in the uh what two, two and a half years that I was part of the Stabcast, like it literally started in your upstairs room. Uh, okay, right. Uh, us standing next to each other, um, and I get. I feel like I feel like we were still in that room, but we switched sides at one point. But then we definitely I think we bought there. a second camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we did have. I think I like robots was a guest in there. Right. And we had a second camera like mounted. It had to be <laughs> so far away. Yeah, that, yeah. It was mounted Where weirdly to to get uh, to get them in there and. Um, but then eventually we came here and whatnot. And, well, not uh, here, but yeah, in this co- building. This complex, yeah. The Fuge. Which, yeah, I mean, that's how things have progressed in, with technology. We were then able to get studio space, sit 10 feet apart from each other. Yeah, I mean, God, it was... With um, HD camera, those were HD. Yeah, and that was... So So I would say, I don't know how... I don't know what the time frame is, is, uh, is us going from, from your upstairs bedroom to, to the Fuge. Um, or whatever this complex is called. I'm going to call it the Fuge. But. It was pretty soon after. But, I mean, it's, I would say that within probably six months of that is when Happy Hour finally dwindled down to two people. Right. We had, we did, like, you you were a guest co-host for a couple of weeks while I was trying to find somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you fired your whole staff. I fired my or whole they staff. they left. The, I would say they left. I don't think I fired them. <laughs> There's... Yeah, two different variations of the story. There's, I guess there is two different versions of that story, depending on you ask. I would say they left though, um, and um, but yeah, I mean, the, like, what was great about that, the like the steel tip era doing the stabcast, uh, which also aligns with Happy Hour 2.0, mm-hmm. which to date is my longest running show. I, th- I think I looked recently, and I think I, th- I don't, I didn't hit episode 200. I don't think, but I was in mm-hmm. the 160s or 70s or something like that yeah. of Happy Hour. Um, cause I, that, you know, and again, jumping ahead, but that I ended happy hour, probably only a few months after I left the stab cast because, you know, I had the kid and that just took up, you know, being a dad took up all my time. So, uh, podcasting, it took me a long time to get back to podcasting after that. <laughs> so it's kind of, I feel like I'm kind of cheating when I say 10 years of podcasting, but if you go by a calendar, it's 10 yeah, years okay. just with a lot of breaks. The time we started. 
I just looked it up. I thought we did 384 shows of the Sabcast. We did 417. Oh, wow. Really? And it's nuts because a lot of those episodes, like, because I was, once I, um, I listened to, like I said, randomly to Stabcast once I was like, once I kind of got banished from that, from, from <laughs> group, season one of Creepcast. Okay. Uh, and that group that, that came along with it. Um, I started listening, and Josie and I started talking again. You and I started talking again. Uh, and I obviously listened. I mean, I was part of it for so long. Mm-hmm. But I also would download and usually re-listen to it uh, because I am maniacal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm egotistical. I need to hear my own voice. Uh, so it was uh, kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember that at one point, even after I left the show, I kept on listening to the show when I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, live and definitely downloaded the podcast. And at one point, it just stopped coming on my podcast feed. Well, we'll, t- we'll, we'll get, get, that. get there. We'll get We're there. We're still in the hate. When you joined, it was cool because the technology was getting better, like we said. And HD. We were, we, were we were in HD now. 720, maybe even 1080. Yeah, there was still real no. I think 1080. And then maybe 720 for – maybe jumped at one point. We got better internet. I don't even know. But there was real no. We were still trying to figure out how to do the video switching. Yeah, there's yeah. still like X splits a thing now, but back then with everything we you know we had to figure out how to do a phone solution because there was no cloud based phone systems then. Yeah, yeah. we had to figure we were using like VidBlast or like extremely high end software to do the dopey two maybe three camera operation that we were doing. Yeah, it's um, VidBlaster, and I remember using that for Happy Hour, and it was like so sophisticated. And I've used like I mean X split really is I wouldn't say it's any less sophisticated. It's just I think a nicer system gooey system to use yeah it's designed uh, for the kid that wants to do something yeah it's it's i mean i think it perfectly suits the needs of what we were doing absolutely um we weren't running a sports like bid blaster <laughs> was like let's film a sporting event and, and broadcast exactly that. yeah you don't need that and even like i would say you could probably how many camera previews do you need none oh yeah it's it was but yeah i mean because we were evolving the video stream eventually to being separate, so we were involved. I mean, at one point, I think we had four cameras. Yeah. Uh, when we were in the um, uh, the studio upstairs next to the Neil Armstrong bathroom, uh, we had camera one, two, mm-hmm. couch cam, and band cam. So we had four going. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, the computer couldn't keep up with it. Most yeah, of the time. I remember. Like, I, I think we when we added that fourth camera. Your computer, like, just not recognizing any of the cameras. And it was, like, a simple, like, add more USB ports to get more bandwidth for your USB. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just the... Uh, the, the the changes in technology and, and adapting to, to to it to make it all better. Yeah, which made the shows smoother, too. I mean, the Stabcast then, and I don't know how you felt with Happy Hour when you were recording it up there. It was like almost on autopilot. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, Happy Hour still felt a little bit more... Um, uh, like I had a little bit more. I don't want to say control because I mean, obviously we had control over Stabcast, too, but it felt, le- I guess, less on autopilot because it took... I. I did not have a steady co-host. Like, right. I mean, it was... Well, what was weird was we would film in the same studio. Yeah. yeah. So we would do Stabcast, do two hours of that. People would be into it. Then literally you would like, w- you would do happy hour immediately after that. Yeah. 
And there was a time where, like, I was the co-host on your show then. Yeah. So people yeah. were getting confused, like, what, what is this? Especially because that happened a lot when we were standing next to each other in your upstairs room. Because mm-hmm. that was the first time that we, you know, I was doing Happy Hour Idol, and that's when... Um, Garrett and GFAB. And there was a uh, Snapchat edition. banner hanging behind yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And because and, I, I had no, there was no sense of me going all the way back home to do the show right. when you were going to co host until I found someone else anyway. And I think at that point, like as I was looking for a new co host, we had known that you were looking for something. So, like, it was like, all right, well, let's see what you find, right. and then we'll see if there's room for me to do the show there, too. We were definitely out of there by episode 100 of the Stabcast. Yeah, it was 100 I, was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh we got a cake if I remember correctly. I think, yeah, I think we did. But anyway, uh it was yeah, I mean it was um I don't know, it's it's uh hard to say. I don't know. It's it's also as much as I remember all that stuff, it's also a big blur cuz it's just so like all of it kind of blends together of like stab at that point stabcast and happy hour were almost the same show it was the same show it was i mean because even when it would switch to me and uh oh like uh, oh who, who was ended up being uh for happy hour my favorite co-host uh yeah you know, him and i had good good chemistry and and um you know we did the show in in studio one and then eventually studio two when we moved down down the hall mm-hmm. um to the, the i guess the bigger room i don't know if it was bigger but to the other room yeah um and uh, about evolving yeah 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 and, and so i never had a steady co-host which which kept things i guess interesting but um but we, I mean, essentially, we we followed. I was following a, the same format that I was following since since Happy Hour with Steel Tip, uh, except you know it was heavily influenced by live streaming and the Stabcast at that point, which meant you know we were still doing prank phone calls from the days of Happy Hour with Steel Tip. Like that's something that we did. I can't see doing now. That's that's a, you have to be of a certain maturity to do it. Like I would feel. Can you imagine doing a prank phone call at, at, at our age now? Oh, I could, I couldn't do it. It's it, crazy. It's it's we barely wanted to do it near the you know near the end of my run of of Stabcast. Hello, this is Steel Tip. Yo, what's up? Talk right now. Huh? Yeah. Hello. Uh, talk right now. I can't hear you, Kev. This is Steel Tip. I can't hear you, Steel Tip. Um. Yeah. What's going on, Steel Tip? How, do you how have time are to you? talk right now? I can talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you What do you want? What would you like me to talk about? Uh, sorry about that. Uh, sorry about what? This is Steel Tip. What's going on, Steel Tip? Do you have time to talk right now? <laughs> I can't believe it took me that long to get that. Uh, that was fucking great. Bye. Later. And it went on for long, longer than that. But it was part of the it was the stick cam thing. That's what the crowd wanted. Yeah, yeah. And we were kind of on autopilot, and just putting it all in perspective. And I know this is a little ahead, but stick cam eventually shut down, and we'll get to that later. Yeah. But when you were on the show, we talked about like from from the last ten years, it was so hard to figure out how to do things to show you how stick cam evolved. Of course, I only have the stabcast stats on there. Um. It saw this with Stickham. We had 2.3 million views on Stickham, which was the number 16 most watched radio show. 
number 60 overall. Yeah. So it was crazy, like, the kind of reception we got, and we were just kind of making up things as we went. Yeah, and and Happy Hour definitely benefited from following Stabcast. Right, we were kind of... Yeah, you had the benefit of watching what we did. Well, and, kind of and that, doing yeah, stuff. that, and like, I would still say that I tried to make it a, a, a I don't want, I guess, a unique experience because it was still O and I giving our perspectives on, on things. Mm-hmm. But like, we still had those classic tropes of, uh, you know, let's do phone calls, let's do prank phone calls. Yeah. Um, let's do silly shock jockey or, or not, shock jockey is the wrong word, but like, um, edgy, edgy jokes. Now, did you. Did you end happy hour at one point when you were still on the stabcast? No, happy hour. Um, happy. So so happy hour ended. That eventually moved into uh, Mike's garage. <clears throat> no, did that move to Mike's garage? I don't know where that moved. Well, because I was thinking because somehow we got recognition on stick cam because this is something I don't even know if you're going to remember this now, but I within the last week I stumbled on a video. Uh, there was a big tsunami in Japan. Oh yeah, and yeah. You, you and I were asked to do something on stick cam. Yeah. Make a promo. We didn't do anything for the actual show. We made a promo for it. But <laughs> we're doing a been... promo for something that has <laughs> Angels and Airwaves, um, all time low, um, all kinds of big acts. They're the two that stand out of my mind because Robots and Race Cars did something sandwiched in between those two acts. But all kinds of huge musical asks, and they're asking us to do a dopey promo. I yeah, and I I saw the video the other day. It's the stupidest thing ever. It is. The whole point was continuity errors. Yeah, yeah, and it was my favorite. One of my favorite things that I've I've watched that within the last twelve months. Yeah, and that is glorious. Yeah, and it is amazing that because like I we never had with Happy Hour an official deal mm-hmm. uh, with Stick Cam. Right. Um. We they just kind of you know because I was part of Stabcast, uh, as long as nothing else was like a paid you know, or, or uh, I guess a contracted um, feature for them at that right. three to four hour or whatever. Or th- I guess they would feature you as much as possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I mean at one point th- there was talks because you know and we're focusing on my main podcast, but like I splintered off. I always wanted to do a network thing, and I I, I did the mistake of hosting all those shows. So like I had yeah. a sports show, I had a a, a Walking Dead show and whatnot. But uh, the the closest I got to working with them officially was with with uh, my Zomcast show, mm-hmm. uh, which did like crazy numbers. Like when when uh, we just did like a, I think we did for three to five weeks. We did uh, unofficial like, hey, we're just gonna feature, see how it goes, and then we'll go from there. Right, that was one of the things that you did after. Uh, was yeah. Happy Hour still a thing? Then? Happy that Hour was still a thing. Work, yeah, yeah. Happy Hour was still a thing. Um, I guess, I guess I did it with O still uh, out of Mike's because we moved to Mike's garage. But we're the, turn that yeah, the studio. technology was getting easier and easier yeah, to do like, this stuff. It was literally like, I mean it to put it frank like if i could do it on my own at that point like it's mm-hmm. pretty easy because i'm not an audio engineer at right. all i'm not a video guy i'm a uh, i can put a computer together i can fix a network you know i can do all that but like i'm not an audio engineer i, I can talk into a mic i can plug a mic in but so if i can figure out how to to run this to run that stuff it's like it's gotten to the point where it's pretty easy yeah um you just need to have a little bit of know-how right uh, and Stick Cam was very popular then. Yes, too, I mean so. Stick Cam was, I think, the largest live streaming absolutely yeah. thing back. You know, from I guess at that point, like '09 till when it shut down in mm-hmm. 14, maybe 2014, something like that. Yeah, 
But um, you had left Stabcast at that point. I you were left, doing your own thing. Yeah, so when we moved to Studio 2 upstairs, uh, I was there for a couple more weeks. I, I, I think I, I feel like I was part of the show. I feel like around 200 episodes is what I yeah. did. Because I feel like I, I, it was either like 264 or 284 that was like around my last show. And then I did come back for 300. I'm, I think we talked about it way earlier in this broadcast. But uh, I believe it was um, uh, episode uh, uh, 300 is where I came back to do something okay. uh, with where we did all that stuff. But anyway, yeah. So I after I left the stamp, I left the stampcast because it was just because knowing that I was going to be a dad and having to to play. And as you know now, like playing dad and and having. Uh, more than uh, having a project, let alone multiple projects, just yeah. was not in the cards. And I knew that I had to, um, I had to to cut that back. And I mean, it got to the point where, like, I think it, we, I want to say, even a lot of it, we started. Maybe I started doing everything out of my apartment first, hmm. and then I moved to. Uh, to the to Mike's garage, but either way, it was easier. You didn't yeah. need. I didn't need a at st- the time. Studio. You needed to be in a studio. Yeah, out of necessity to do all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it was. I mean, trust me, I certainly would rather have the studio, uh, right. even to this day. And that's why, like, I'm transforming my shed into a studio, just because it's nice. To, I know, it's, and maybe maybe it's just because I'm old school. Like, I just I love the idea of having a studio. Yeah, uh, and, and it was like it was a hard decision to say I'm going to leave because I, I had been part of it for two and a half years at that point. Well, you met your <laughs> uh, yeah. So so my uh, I didn't. I, meet... I totally forgot about this. We yeah. brought this up. Yeah. Like, conversation a couple weeks ago uh i didn't my i indirectly met my fiance through this the stick i I don't want to say we were celebrities because i think there's a terminology to celebrity that we don't fit yeah yeah but i think that came up has you know people will recognize me on occasion from the stab or stick cam even still to this day i'll get a message and it brought up like, hey, have you ever met anyone off yeah. the show? And and I had, uh, I, and honestly, because you know, I keep thinking about it. I, I want to say, based on the timeline, uh, it it was when we were still in your upstairs room where I started talking to uh, this girl from Las Vegas. From and the show, yeah. From from through the show, I think she was a Stabcast fan. And oh, then who she, who wasn't? <laughs> and then did she uh, get a shirt? Did you at least give her a shirt after you no, filed this girl? I don't. I don't think I did. Oh, man. Uh, Send her a shirt. <laughs> and she, uh, and we, and we eventually started dating long distance, and she eventually moved out here, and she was working at Chuck E. Cheese at the time. So I started dating her. She moved out here. Uh, she wanted to break things off, so she, I assume, moved back. Oh, that was her. I thought you you broke it off. No, no. She she wanted to end things, and but she, but she uh, was... You left the Stabcast, and she left you. Uh, no, no, no. She uh, we I was still part of the Stabcast during all this. I, I don't remember any of this. Yeah, I was still part of the Stabcast. So I, I don't... The girl from Vegas. That's where it ends. She actually co-hosted. She co-hosted a couple episodes uh, as the Nevada chick. Not a... Of Happy Hour. Yeah, of Happy Hour. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, that did, that did not happen. That, and that happened in, in the, the first, in Studio One. Because uh, I was still sitting next to the Neil Armstrong uh, bathroom at that point. I must have immediately left after the stab cap was, was done. On you would sometimes... Yes, yeah, so I think sometimes you would hang out. Sometimes you had stuff to do. Uh, did I stay for all of the stab cast, anyone? <laughs> yeah. yeah did I leave that, because we would li- literally finish recording the stab cast, and then did you have a break or go right into happy hour? 
I think that we kind of like because I don't remember a lot of this I, happy I, hour. I, stuff. I would say we would probably start at about three oh five. Like I don't think we okay started right away. And eventually, like that's where I I kind of I think happy hour in that studio when we broke when it was eventually O and I. I think we broke down to one hour. We turned it to a one hour show. Because the reason I'm saying this for the people listening is because when you co when you had a co host in that studio, they would literally have to sit in my yeah, seat. I would absolutely. Guess. I don't yes. remember ever like. Hey, have a nice day. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, somebody sitting down as I stood up. I never remember that. Uh, and you know what? I think we eventually went to starting at four. I think there was eventually an hour break in between. Okay. Uh, when we went, especially when we went to the hour, I think it was. We went from Stabcast was like one fifteen to three fifteen, and then Happy Hour was like three twenty to five twenty. Okay. And then eventually it just dropped to four to five. Uh, okay. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, so so my uh, the girl I was dating at the time, she she broke up with me. She went back to Vegas, but she worked at Chuck E. Cheese, and that's where I met my now fiance. Uh, so so love was born uh, indirectly out of this uh, podcasting. See, my stories from meeting people on the show not as pleasant. <laughs> we have the this is the Matthew era now. Yeah, so Matthew starts on the show after you leave. We get Matthew who. I felt we, it was it got off to a rocky start, but I feel we had a good dynamic afterwards. But we were so on autopilot, and we were so far up the Stickham chain of things. Like, Stickham shut down during Matthew's run on the yeah. show. And we got talking about people afterwards, and it was cool. Like, we were invited. They had a little private video room set up on their final days at Stickham. And just like when I entered, I think my username on Stickham was Santoro from Stabcast. And once people saw that come in, all the moderators that I've never met before and ever seen, they're like, hey, thank you so much. Like, we would watch your shows on Saturday. It was hilarious. You, Steel Tip, you, Matthew. Just awesome, funny, thank you. But I asked them, I'm like, how close did we come? They're like, well, we were told we couldn't ban you. We couldn't kick <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. Like, and there were times where, like, we were close, but you guys knew where the line was. You'd inch up to it. The whole time you'd be like, oh, I know we shouldn't do this. You'd get to it. Then you'd leap over that line, then run back as quickly as you could. Like, oh, fuck. Like, it was fun just watching guys backpedal sometimes. Yeah. So we were doing one of these things on the show where it was like, you know, we can pretty much, it, it was it was a twofold, talking about how millennials have no dignity anymore, pretty much. Yeah. And how we can pretty much do anything we wanted. And I talked about a story at a concert where I was working at a music venue and girls pull up their shirts like it's nothing now it's like oh can i meet the band here are my tits it's like well i don't care like no you can't <laughs> that's not a valid form of payment for anything <laughs> like so it got we got talking about that so a, a contest came into play where who can get somebody to send them an inappropriate picture of themselves on their cell phone before the end of the show i'm like i don't know like i kind of think this can happen and we weren't sure, and we threw it out there, put both of our numbers out there. Qualification, you have to first show us your ID before yeah. we'd open the picture. And don't you know, like, we get pictures of IDs all of a sudden. Like, here's my driver's license with all my personal information on it. Which is nuts. And you're, oh, you're over 18. You qualify for the contest. Here are my tits. Oh, Matthew, you won. And then we came up with a rule, like a redemption rule. Well, Santoro, you can now win if you can get the bottomless photo, <laughs> which happened. It's like these girls have no dignity whatsoever. But outside of that, then I was going through some personal stuff in my life. So I was talking to the fans a little bit more yeah, yeah. as, you know, just boosting my own ego, I guess you can say. So there was this crazy girl from uh, London 
who uh, got real graphic over some Skype sessions that we had had. Because Skype was now a thing. Yeah. And uh, she ended up going crazy and then getting engaged with somebody. There was the girl in Chicago that uh, <laughs> ended up uh, going crazy and getting engaged with somebody. And I want to say there was like one or two more in the mix. Oh, yeah, the girl from Ireland. <laughs> Who, uh, you know, she's engaged to somebody now, but even when she was engaged, I'd get, like, a Snapchat from her at times, uh, that's... which I don't really, like, use Snapchat too much. But it would be like, hey, here are my tits. I just had sex with this guy, <laughs> but I bet you'd be so much better than him. It's like, first, how do you even reply to that? <laughs> like, don't... okay, Thanks. I bet you'd be so much better. I'm sure I would be, <laughs> but, you know, that's not for me to say right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's uh, I, the only crazy fan I remember throughout all of my podcasting career in the last 10 years is uh, he, I think he was a fan of the Stabcast, but also like a mega fan of Happy Hour. Yeah, uh, I, was, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we if I uh, if I've name checked him before, so I'm not going to just out of the interest <laughs> of uh, because he like I because I, he pops up in comments on my like the, the oh. ten, five years ago in your Facebook feed. Like he shows up on comments. So at one point we were Facebook friends. Yeah. Uh, and and he, like there was a legitimate fear at one point. That like he was going to find out where the studio was <laughs> and like either send some men here to to find. Yeah, the, we wanted to make sure that door was locked. Yeah, like times. that was. It thankfully, was, was pretty. The building is fairly secure, thankfully. Yeah, I mean, it was the only time that I've ever had a fan that was like, "Wow, this he's kind of crazy. He's kind of crazy." And like after. So I, I don't I I actually kind of forget the time like the ending timeline of me podcasting like a hundred percent like I know like Stabcap's the first to go honestly I think Happy Hour is probably the next one to go and then all the other ones kind of trickled down right and then um but like I remember what like a, after a year of not doing anything like he would I, I guess we were still friends on Facebook and he would <laughs> he post on my wall i really miss you guys i wish you would come back i'm like i'll occasionally get people yeah uh, it's and uh and it's it's not like as uh i guess really honestly as Stabcast like for me turned into nothing like i i wasn't able to i wasn't able to watch it on you now which is where you guys went uh eventually at some point right after stick him went we went um should i just finish the Stabcast story yeah you might as well because so close to the acting of it now uh, let me just hit this button over here real quick. Hey, Kevin, this is Chris from Let's Chat with Revel and Friends. Um, just so excited to hear you've been podcasting for 10 years. That's fucking insane. That means you've been doing this since 2007. I wouldn't even know what a podcast is till like 2008, 2009, and you've been a podcast creator. I know we probably didn't meet until your ninth, 10 year in, but I'm so glad we did. You were a wonderful guest from Let's Chat, and you're so kind to have me on everything. It's awesome. Uh, Kevin's just a really good fucking dude. Besides being a good podcaster, which I don't know what that really means anymore in life, but he's a good person. He's a good father, and I'm uh, just so happy for you, man. Ten great years, and here's a ten more. All right, thanks, man. There we go. Just like that. Nice. I had to take another bathroom break. I'm sorry. Um, so you had left. Matthew took over. All kinds of crazy things happened. Um, when you left, we were in the beginning stages of a deal with Sirius. Yeah. To be syndicated with them for them to put clip they started with taking clips of the show and rebroadcasting them on their comedy channels yeah like hey you guys did a prank phone call today it was pretty funny we're gonna chop that up and put it over here hey that was a funny bit that you guys did because a lot of it was bits yeah 
Like, even though it's our real names and everything, it was a bit for the show. Like, some of these girls that we'd meet on the show, I would talk to them, Matthew would talk to them on the show. Then as soon as the show was over, we'd, whatever, I'm not, they'd keep texting and I wouldn't reply to it. And then next Saturday when I'm doing the show, I'd reply to them again. Like, hey, you didn't talk to me all week. Well, this is a kind of a character I'm doing on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were in the formations of that. You kind of left when Matthew took over. And then the deal was finalized. Like, hey, we're going to take your show. We're going to simulcast it live on Sirius. This is kind of, you know, it's going to be a big thing, which sounds cool. There's, you know, money's exchanging hands. Percentages are going around. It's all kinds of legal stuff that's happening. Yeah. And I want to say that's when all the stuff I've done and everything I learned, you know, we touched on it. We had to figure out how to do a show. Then the technology finally caught up to us. Yeah. Like we, you know, we talked about doing Vonage voice over IP stuff with the soft phone early on and multiple computers just to have a phone call. To when Matthew was on the show, we had a call screener. Like we would just get a, yeah, a notification on the screen like, this person wants to talk about this on the show. It's like, wow, this is pretty cool. We have like yeah. separate hotline numbers where like VIP guests can call and regular guests call this. And there's, it's crazy. So many people are involved in the show at this point and there's so much money. But then it started to become less and less fun too. As like there were options where I had to give up a percentage of my ownership in this company, which it's crazy to even say company, but when money's involved. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm sure you still get residual checks for like twenty some cents here and there. I I don't think I've had one in a while, but I remember like I got probably, a nine cent check the other day. I remember a year or two ago. Maybe I am, and they're just showing up like at an old address. Oh yeah, I think Matthew's getting them to his old address still. <laughs> I remember a year or two ago, I got a like a twelve cent or twenty seven cent yeah, check or something. Because when like everything became legal, if like we replayed a clip with you in it. They'd have to pay you a royal. I remember getting. I sent you an email. And I was like, "What the hell is this twenty-seven dollar yeah. check for?" Or twenty-seven. Twenty-seven cent cents. Check. Yeah, it was something crazy. Oh well, we played a two-second clip of you. I don't. I don't even think I cashed it. I think I just threw it away. Yeah. Because there were, oh man, yeah, there were so many things that would happen. Because you had a clip where, um, when we would <laughs> when we would open up the chat room, the lurkers. Yeah, for Stickham lurkers. So basically, you're basically telling hot girls to get on the camera, essentially, at the end of the day. Yeah. And then Frankie would, from Robots and Race Course, he recorded a parody of it. So when Matthew was, it pissed Matthew off, so I kept playing it. And like, each time I played, it's like one cent you get. <laughs> so I would just, like, play it over and over again. <laughs> but that's how that came about. But, you know, Sirius owns the show. And then they start telling us, like, you have to do this on the show. You need so many prank calls before the show. Oh, my God. You need so many of this. You need this. You need this. So it became less and less fun. The next thing I know, I'm down to, like, 40%. Like, I don't even own the majority of this company anymore. I have no say in what happens. And the show kept going. And then, like, the checks stopped coming in. I'm like, well, what's going on with the pay now? Like, I was getting paid pretty decently for what I did. Now I'm getting nothing. And when I say pretty decently, like, I was getting, you know, 100 bucks to record a show on a yeah. Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, then they're like, well, that money's going to this person now. And then we had to hire another call screener, so that person's getting money. The guy that edits your show is getting paid. The producer of your show is getting paid, you know, $50,000 a year. It's like we were in the six-figure range <laughs> and not seeing anything. Yeah. It's like, what is happening here? But we were in contract, and finally, like, Matthew and I had a blast doing it. Then, you know, family stuff came up with him, and he still still coming out. Basically, both of us had, like, family stuff that came up. Yeah. 
And it's like, man, we're just kind of doing the same thing we would do. Then contractually, we can do a replay every four weeks. So it would literally be four shows, two replays, four shows, two. Re- we would always do more. We'd have two weeks off in a row. Okay. And then it got to the point that I was down to like a 20% ownership in the company. Still not getting paid. And we had like two months left. And I just called Matthew one day. I'm like, man, why don't we just end this? It's like crazy to think like I've been doing the show for eight years. It was me, Jonesy, me, Bruce W., me, Kev, me, you. I'll just end this. Like as much as I don't want to do it, it's not fun anymore. Yeah, yeah. And he noticed. He's like, yeah, man, like you've really been on autopilot the last couple months. And it's like, let's just end it. I think you're going to be a lot better. So we ended it. And I just told him like we've got two months in this contract left. We're done. So I posted something. I, I don't even own the website anymore. <laughs> so I had to like log in, like figure out how to do this and post something saying, hey, it's been exactly eight years. We're done. Sorry. And then on top of all that, Matthew and I sat down at like a dinner a week after that. We're like, hey, let's come up with another another show. Let's, <laughs> let's do this again. But let's do it differently. Like all the stuff that wasn't fun. It's like, yeah, you know, technology's made it so easy to do this now. Like we can do it at your house. Like because I'm close. Because the studio, like, I ended up moving, so I'm, like, yeah. 45 minutes away. He's yeah. an hour away, but I'm 15 minutes away from him. So yeah. like, let's do this. Nothing ever came came about. We came up with a name. We researched all kinds of names. The name was really good. Um, yeah, we just didn't do it anymore. But it's funny, like, 10 years ago when we started Happy Hour, I don't know if that's the dream to get a deal on Sirius, but it's like I've been through it, and it certainly wasn't a dream. I'll man. tell you, because I, I remember the talks about Sirius were were yeah, like happening for quite a while when I was still part of the Stabcast, yeah. and it was one of the things that kept me along as long as I did mm-hmm. because I, I knew at some point, like if if it wasn't like if it wasn't going to happen, I was I had to bail. Yeah, uh, and it just like it just it took a very long time for it to happen. It probably happened because of you, but you reaped. I don't want to say there were any rewards off of it because. I mean, we're talking thousand, like under ten thousand dollars is what we made off the deal. Yeah, also. yeah. Somebody made two hundred thousand dollars off the deal, <laughs> but it trickled down to under ten thousand on our end. Yeah, and it, it, it's because honestly, I think it was at the point where I was saying like I, you know, it's either happy hour or stab test has to give, mm-hmm. and like for at the time, like it was it was easier for me just to move happy hour to, to my apartment. Yeah. Um, had the Snapcast deal happen while I was still waiting, waiting out, I probably would have stuck around and, and ended happy hour to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that probably would have changed. Like it probably would have soured podcasting for me just based on, on, on the story you just told. It just didn't get fun. Cause yeah, you start getting people all of a sudden like, yeah, you're being syndicated and it's cool. Cause we're getting callers calling in like, oh, I'm listening to you on serious right now. It's like, Oh, yeah. that's kind of cool. But then, like, we'd get real-time stuff from them, like, hey, be funnier. <laughs> okay, let me get, let me juggle. And meanwhile, like, Stick Cam ended, and, like, Stick Cam was such a big part of the show. We're on You Now, like, trying to find, like, you know, a new dynamic over there. Our buddy left You Now. It's, like, so crazy. It's, like, be funny. Okay, call a prostitute. Okay. <laughs> we'll dial the number for you on the, on the uh, cloud software. It's, like, oh, wow. They really control literally every single aspect yeah. of this show right now. Um, and I guess that kind of like, as I want to say as Stabcast ended is when I was like planning this show. Yeah. Uh, and it and it eventually was born. 
to be what it is. It was originally going to like it wasn't going to be so. This show is heavily podcast based. Like a lot of podcasters guests on this show, which was actually the original intention. But I didn't believe that I could uh, market a show like that. And uh, well, I'm on it. Uh, so 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 <laughs> I the podcast. I opened it up to like every kind of guest um and then found that the podcasting community is actually pretty strong like it's nuts like there wasn't a podcasting community 10 years ago right and now there's it's crazy like stuff we talked about like podcon happening. yeah i mean there's actually a podcon happening somewhere called podcon but in philadelphia the philadelphia podcast fest is entering its fifth year and like i'm heavily involved in that now and 10 years ago 10 years like i would we did a live podcast yeah unheard of yeah yeah and now there's 62 shows playing at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival this year. There's a thousand cap theater. Well, it will be seated. So there's a 600 cap theater across the street from the convention center that's doing live podcasts during that podcast yeah. festival. So it's crazy that 600 people come out to yeah. watch somebody. Yeah, I'll have 25 people at my show yeah. at Tattooed Mob, but <laughs> including uh, including the staff that are obligated to be there. <laughs> yep, yep. And, and I will be the one that's also running the podcast fest at Tattooed Mob that right. weekend. So I'll be I'll, I'll be the one of those employees. Uh, but yeah, it is just crazy to see like 10 years. Like I've been, it's not hasn't been 10 years consistent, but I mean, it's in in 10 years I've we have seen the technology change and make it so easier to, I mean, I record a lot of promos on my phone. I just put in my Apple earbuds. Yeah. I have a special, I have an app that records at a higher quality, uh, than the voice recorder that's built in. Hmm. And it, uh, as a person who's not an audio engineer, it doesn't sound any different to me uh, after I, I match the volume and, and produce it. So, uh, you know, it's, I mean, podcasting is just incredibly, literally you can do everything from your phone now if you wanted to. Yeah, and to hear the quality from earlier when you played. Yeah, I mean, clip, the various clips that, that are probably going to be played throughout this, this episode here that, that I put in, it's just nuts that you can hear the quality difference. Mm-hmm. You can hear, you know, the, the character change, you know, whether it be, you know, when I, as Steel Tip all those years or now. Like, Everything changed. Yeah, like you said, it, the quality changes, the character changes. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking of stuff we used to do on the Stabcast, like. It's all the stuff that we did on the Stabcast. That you we telling did, hot I girls mean, to come. <laughs> like, do, you, do you remember that voiceover? Uh, no. Not hey, Lurker. <laughs> Still tip here. It was it was part my Val Venus impression from WWE uh, or F at the time. Let me see. If, can I can I try to do it by memory real quick? Yeah. It's been at least four years since I've heard this. Hey, I'm not going to do the voice. <laughs> hey, lurkers. hey, lurkers. Steel tip here from the Stabcast and Happy Hour. I know you put that in there. Ah, fuck. I can't even. Hey, lurkers. <laughs> if you're blonde hair, blue eyes, see your D cup. <laughs> Tank, tank top optional? No. <laughs> brawl op, tank top, <laughs> brawl optional. Hey, Lurker. If you're 18 to 24, blonde hair, blue eyes, see your D cup, tank top, brawl optional, somehow you then segued into join the live camera. Join the live camera. <laughs> don't be a Lurker, sign in. Yeah, sign in. I, I don't, join it, live it is, camera. It is, and it's nuts like looking at all that stuff because it is um, – it, not like it's not a show I would do now. Like it's not a show. It's not yeah. It's a, it, was, I mean, it was funny at the time and it fit at the time. Yeah yeah. Is and, and maybe twenty five year old Kev can do that show again. Uh, maybe there's a twenty five year old out there that can do that show. Uh, but me at thirty two, going on thirty three, like you know, I, I doing everything is awesome is 
one of the most, if not most, creatively fulfilling things I've done. And it also helps that I don't rely myself on a co-host. Like that's that's always been like a struggle too. Even when you get down to two people, you still have to rely on each other to be able to make certain times. Mm-hmm. So the beauty of doing an interview show is I just have to rely on a guest, yeah, uh, making a time. So um, yeah, it's just nuts. Just how everything yeah, progressed, and yeah. it's weird. Like we talked about the stabcast because I feel that's for me anyway. It was the bulk of the ten yeah. years. It was eight years. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, so we talked about the good and the bad. If if you would have stayed on the show, never gotten the serious deal, stick cam would have stayed open. Oh, God. Would we do the same show we were doing when you were on, or would it have matured? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel Hard like to it, tell. I feel like it would have to had to mature because because. We're parents now. Like, it's not... Our life is matured. Yeah. Like, I don't feel comfortable doing that humor anymore. I don't feel comfortable listening. I don't listen to Stern anymore. I just... It's not my bag anymore. And it's funny because I think had the show changed with our lives... I think it would have worked, and I think the numbers would have stayed the same. Like, like we read over before, number 16 overall radio show in their lifespan, which is crazy because we weren't on there from day one. Oh, yeah, camp, yeah. But, and, and we only did a, a weekly show. Yeah, yeah. But I think um, I think it would have worked because I feel people liked us as people. I think a lot of the people that watched us on Stickham liked us as people. Yeah. And that's what everyone podcasting kind of has to realize. And like, the technology's there, and as long as you're a personable person, yeah, totally. you can do and, it. And I think that is now, y- y- like, y- I think even more so now than it was 10 years ago, uh, that podcasting is is super intimate because there are so many options so people are seeking you out now mm-hmm. and if they're listening to your show i think uh, absolutely i think they would they, they care more about you the 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 person or even character but you know that that's what they're looking for for to do yeah and we were in the uh, unique position too with on stickham they were forced to watch us if they yeah. went to the website but they didn't have to stay watching us yeah no and and that's the yeah i mean it, there's definitely like i mean every every step like even happy hour steel tip was was a big learning thing for me because it's from there i did my own show i produced my own show and like you know, eventually getting to stick cam and, and working side by side with you. It was every, you know, it, and I'm still learning. Like, I, you know, working with um, guys that, like, Bridge Set Sound out in, uh, down in South Street. Yep. And, Ninth and South. Um, Seventh and South. Somewhere around there, yeah. Red red sign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bridge Set Sound and, and even working with, like, other, just talking to other podcasters, you know, whether it's Talking Shop or whatever. Like, it's still, like, no matter what. It's always still just you're learning new things, and uh, it's ever-changing. Like It's going to be nuts to see what happens in the next 10 years in this medium to see where it's at and, and how it's done. And, and uh, if it's, I'm excited for it. Just to, I don't do it anymore, but yeah. it's crazy to see. I, I hope to be doing it still. Uh, who knows, though, because at some point, like you can only not get paid to do something for yeah. so long. Um, well, I was paid for it, and it wasn't yeah. that fun. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. But again, I, I was being for we were being forced to do yeah. something, so we couldn't mature as the show did. Yeah, now and that's the, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I I don't know that I would have succeeded in that serious uh, contract because definitely by you know 2012, which was only a, sh- a few short months after I left, I feel like my humor would have I I would I would have wanted to changed how I did the show because. I was a dad at that point. Yeah. Um, and that totally, you know, you know, it's it's probably a cliche thing to say, but becoming a dad uh, or a parent, it, it 100% changes the way 
you uh, conduct yourself. Changes everything. I mean, yeah. even Matthew, like, when we were being told to do stuff, like, Matthew was married at that point. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to do certain things anymore. It's like, do this. It's like, no, oh, it was funny back then, but I think our audience has kind of matured with yeah. us. And, like, I, and I say, I mean, I don't, not for nothing, I love that I have an audience and I love that people listen to this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, at the end of the day, I, I'm 100% doing it for me. I'm not yeah. doing it for them. Uh, I, I'm happy that they're along and maybe if I was doing it for them, I'd have a bigger audience. But again, I, you know, I've done a show where I've been part of a show that was getting 25,000 views in, an hour or every mm-hmm. two hours or whatever. I've been part of a show that, you know, I, I hosted a show that got 10,000 an hour. Uh, and you know, uh, I've again. I don't think I've been more creatively fulfilled. Uh, yeah, I think if role. you do it for yourself, and that's what hopefully we we taught some things along the way. Even though it's so much easier to do it now, yeah, I think yeah. anyone can do it, and um, just do it for yourself. That's yeah. the best advice yeah. I can leave kids with. All right, is there anything else you want to say before we uh, officially bag this show? Uh, just do it for yourself. You can check out this show on uh, Twitter at Real Awesome Pod. You can find. Can me. I say one more thing? Yes. So I went on vacation once during the Stabcast, and you and Travis did the show. I'm on vacation, <laughs> and you are telling people to send naked photos to my cell phone <laughs> as I'm on vacation. I uh, that was yeah. I, I just my phone starts blowing up all of a sudden. I'm like, what the hell's happening here? Inappropriate picture. Inappropriate picture. Inappropriate picture. I'm like, oh. They're recording the show. <laughs> Let me listen live. See. And I called because that's when they had the call screener, right? I think so. So I called him like, just put me on hold. <laughs> and I'm listening to the show live. And I think he eventually took my call because I think they put like Santoro on hold or something. Yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. took my call. But I'm like, please stop doing this. <laughs> and then I got even more. <laughs> and on that note, uh, at Real Awesome Pod on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter uh, at that nerdy Kev. Uh, you can sh- call us at 267 223 4965. You can snail mail us at P.O. Box 177, Hills, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Let me write this down. 19030. Uh, more importantly, you can find us on uh, awesomepodcast.com, on iTunes. Leave those five star reviews. You can find us on the Court Temp Arts Podcast Network on this Court is, Temp this Arts. This is a three star show. This it's, one. It's five star. It's a little long. It's a five star. Got a little uh, long times. CourtTempArts.com. And, I'm giving uh, it a three right now. <laughs> and uh, well, for everything is awesome, I am Kev, and you're listening to us right here on awesomepodcast.com. We've been awesome. That was okay. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.